Does Mrs. Scrivens go through your phone search history? I don't know. She goes through my phone occasionally. But fuck. Check you're not having an affair. I think she just gets bored. I don't think she's. I don't think she suspects me of having an affair. I don't think she warrants me interesting enough to have an affair. Um, oh, go ask me on a really cheap mobile phone and a SIM only contract, and we'll start sending him sort of dirty messages. Yeah, but when I get those dirty messages, I'll just save that number as Stuart and Adam. I send them all the time. Yeah, and I'll just save it. As yeah, yeah, but then at, at one point, Mrs. Scrivens will have your phone, and a message will come through. Saying a up big knob scribs or something like that. Yeah, but but if I know it's you, tell her you're recording a podcast again. again. Yeah, but you know if she sees that and gets horrified, and you say, "Well, that's just Adam and Stuart," she'll just think, "Well, that's of course that's what he's going to say." Yeah, to throw her off the scent. So in in, in, in many ways, you fucked yourself. Yeah. No, I I really don't think I don't think that's a problem. Granted, you are the most unlikely person that's ever lived to have an affair, but it could still happen. I like that you took that as a compliment. Yeah, it is, isn't it? It's because of his upstanding nature. and Because I'm vital, but good. Hello and welcome to episode 58 of the New Generation Project podcast, where we honour the heroes of Hulkamania and analyse the architects of attitude in looking at the dark ages of the WWF, the mid-90s. Today, we make our final stop on the road to WrestleMania 13 and quickly change into our best tuxedos. It's the 1997 Slammy Awards. My name is Stuart Brooks and I'm joined today by our very own award-winning duo. It's most likely to receive a sponsorship from Casio, Paul Scrivens. Thank you. And most likely to work in post-production for Brazzers, Adam Wikes. Thank you. That, that's definitely a compliment. Oh, OK. How are you both doing? Oh, I've been a bit down this week, but I've had a better day today, so... Yeah. Well, I've cheered Adam up with some biscuits, it's fine. Yeah, that's true, he did. He went to get some biscuits and came back with three entire packets. That's the Scrivens way. We also watched him eat a biscuit without using any hands. Mm-hmm. And it... two small panna cotta. Stuart, how are you doing? Yeah, pretty good, pretty good. We got our WrestleMania tickets through last week, which was very exciting. It came in a big A4 envelope and you get a little wallet type pack and it's got your wristbands and all your tickets and where you're sitting and stuff. And I lost about an hour of my day just being excited that morning. <laughs> it's, it's currently the most expensive thing in our house. It, and it's got a little like, magnetic case thing, hasn't it? It's, yes, so it has, really yes. Very cool. Adam showed me that. I did, yes. I'm genuinely surprised by where we're kind of sat with our tickets. Like, they're kind of way better than I yeah, thought Yeah, yeah, really, be. really quite close. Yeah, I mean, just looking at the seating plan, I've looked at it briefly, there seems to be some that's kind of a bit behind the stage. I don't know, kind of... But they're whited out, aren't they? Oh, are they all whited yeah, out? Yeah, all the ones I, behind the stage are whited out. I thought there were some that look there was, that there might still be slightly obscure. Why would you be sat behind the stage? Well, I don't know. <laughs> that, that's why I was querying it. Maybe Probably it they're, they're, the, they're the comp seats. Yeah, yeah. You can come in for free, but you just got to watch the back of a stage. But you still get Canada's attending. Yeah. I mean, you, to, to be honest, if you, you still get the atmosphere there. <laughs> just none of the visuals. Well, it depends on how the show is. That might be the best way to see it. <laughs> if you got the WWE Network on your phone, yeah. you could watch it 
whilst having the atmosphere. Also did our AMA on Reddit last night, which, bar some minor technical problems, was very enjoyable and overcame my fear that no one would ask us anything. People ask us something. Were you actually thinking, that uh, what if no one says anything? Well, there's always a fear, isn't there? I guess so, yeah. yeah. That no one's listening. We're just talking to ourselves week after week. God. All these people replying and stuff are just figments <laughs> of my imagination, that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, false accounts by Paul Scrivens. Yeah, yeah. Scrivens has catfished us into yeah. thinking we've got a successful <laughs> podcast. It, it's all I do. <laughs> Apart from dressing very smartly for this evening's show. Well, I just came from work. Yeah. I Shirt, tie, I, trousers. I didn't dress up for it. Oh, okay. Adam, you've got something on your lap and... <laughs> <laughs> it's not alive. It's covering it up with a box. <laughs> What, what have you got on your lap there? It appears to be a wrestle crate. So Paul and I have both had a go at opening one of these, so we fi- we figured it was time to let you have a go. Well, it looks like you've you've started it for him just to help him out there. Well, I've I've cut it open. Yeah, yeah it's the original monthly box. He's opening it. I'll, I'll do the commentary. He's peeling back the cardboard lid. He's looking inside. It seems to be Sh- some kind of up. t-shirt on top. It's a, it's a Kenny Omega t-shirt. Ooh. Turn it around, let's have a look. It says Kenny Omega on it. Oh, so it does. Yeah, that, that's very nice. Heavyweight division. Yeah. He's moved up in the world. I don't know if he's put any weight on. Okay. That's a weird thing, isn't it, in wrestling, is you can be heavyweight without actually being heavyweight. Doesn't work like that in mm. boxing. No, because you get your ass kicked. Yeah. <laughs> look at Conor McGregor last weekend, moving up a couple of weight divisions. Got yes, he lost, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, and didn't the woman who beat Ronda Rousey lose as well? Yeah, Holly Holm. What I've else got, you got? I've got something called Headlocked. The Last Territory. What's that then? An illustrated serial drama founded in 2008 by Michael Kingston. Is it a graphic novel? Uh, it's a graphic novel and it's got luchadors in it and a man with a moustache just on opening it up, which sounds pretty good. I like comics, I like wrestling. Adam likes moustaches, you're golden. The, yeah, this, this looks thoroughly interesting. You ever so read I'm any like... graphic novels, Paul? No. I mean, we've already found out my reading's quite weak. I really like graphic novels. I've never read a wrestling one, though. Hmm. Oh, so excellent stuff. Yep. I've also got... Is that a little colouring pack? It is, yeah. It's a little colouring pack. I think it's a sticker that says, Eat, Sleep, Pizza, Repeat. We just had pizza. Yeah, didn't we? A little, little activity book from Pizza Eaters. Have a look in the colouring book. I don't really understand so what this is. I want to That's if it's it wrestling-related colouring. There is this bit of a trend now for adult, adult colouring, colouring books. books. Yeah. Seems to be a thing. You wouldn't have thought it. Um, Lots of women on Facebook post oh, their colouring in. Oh, yes. We, we can colour in a picture of Y2J. Splendid. Make uh, it look like Gordon Ramsay. Edge and Christian. <laughs> I always said about Gordon Ramsay last night. The Undertaker's urn. That's a bit weird. Who, who's holding it? Presumably no. not Paul Bear. <laughs> no, no one. It's yeah. just there. Just um, the urn. I'll draw Ka- Karma in the background then. Kane. You could do like an alternate colour scheme, Kane. You should totally do this, Adam. You should, you should uh, take this on the plane when we um, go. Yeah, yeah you should. I mean, you've actually got like um, it comes with a little set of crayons. I mean, you've got four colours: you've got green, blue, yellow, and red. Splendid stuff. All the best colours. We've also we've got a couple of DVDs lurking in here. Fifteenth anniversary West Side Extreme Wrestling. Okay, they're German. Really? Okay. Oh, yeah, okay. It's a German promotion. They're holding a tournament this weekend, or last weekend when you listen to this. It's got no one on the back that I recognise. But they've got someone called Bad Bones John Klinger, which I think sounds quite good. Mm. Excellent mm. stuff. And something called Pro Wrestling Chaos. Okay, who's in that then? Rhinos, boars, birds and beards. Is Rhino on it? Looks like it. Mark Andrews is on it. Oh, yep, yeah, no I'll just, I'll just look talk about people that I know. Tomato Chomper's on it. Tomato Chomper. Yep. Uh, Wild Boar. 
Yeah, I saw him last weekend at RevPro. Versus Mike Bird. I'm also aware of his existence. Okay, well, yeah, that looks thoroughly entertaining then. And we appear to have a signed Johnny Mundo picture from Lucha Underground. Oh, we like Johnny Mundo. We do quite like Johnny Mundo. With a free plastic wallet. Yep, yep, a punched pocket. Very good. And um, we've got a, a tube in here, which can uh, contain who knows what. We could all guess. It would be perfect for a big sausage. Uh, some artwork of... Okada. I do quite like the artwork that comes with these. They, they, yes, they pick yeah. some good people nice to do these drawings. Yeah. So, yeah, very, very nice uh, bundle of goodies. You ever uh, thought about having any wrestling artwork up in the Scrivens family home? It'd have to be family friendly. Is that picture of Jet still up? I think it is, you know. I bloody hope so. Kind of tucked in the corner of the window. It's been my su- most successful present to you ever. That yeah. wasn't sweets. Yeah. If you like the sound of what you heard coming out of that Wrestle Crate, then head on over to wrestlecrate.co.uk or .com, depending on where you are, and enter New Gen Podcast, all one word, for 10% off your first crate. Yeah. In honour of the pending trip that Adam and I will be taking to Dallas to watch WrestleMania 32, this week's challenge to you, the audience, was to design us a sign to hold up at one of the weekend's events. The following are our favourite suggestions. And boy, were there a lot of suggestions for this one. 200-odd, wasn't there? There was indeed. W- was this our best reply rate? No, King of the Ring 1996 still holds that honour for the Austin 316 sign. Ah, right, yeah. It's where Scrivens 3.14 was birthed, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> Theodore Xenophontos, Savio Vega section. Yeah. Oh, very nice. Austin Beatty. If at first you don't succeed, does shit in Sonny's lunch. <laughs> That's very good. Peter Sanzone, Tanaka retweets all. <laughs> no, that's wrong. That is wrong. <laughs> Tatanka? Yeah, hang on. I don't think Pat Tanaka's got Twitter. If he has, someone send it our way. He can't do it because of his mask. Jose Gonzalez, in your house 152, beware of wank pheasant. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what in your house they'd be up to if they'd never dropped that as a moniker for... The non-Big Five pay-per-views. Maybe it is 152. Jose Gonzalez, if you've actually worked that yeah. out, bravo. <laughs> Let us know. James Edwards, why does Bret Hart look like Eddie Vedder so much? Good, it's a qu- good question. Good question. Yeah. Mark Wright, get Scrivens to write a big something-off equation that fills two signs. <laughs> that would be quite good, just to hold up a big sign that it's just one giant maths equation. I could do that. See if anyone works it out. What? So, like, right, yeah, an actual question. Yeah. yeah. Maybe we should do that. Vincent Krasowskis. Chat shit, get banged. <laughs> that, that should be good. It'd be good to have a Leicester City kind of... Related side. Yeah. Particularly if we're still top by then. Fingers crossed. I think we're in Dallas for one of the games. It's a Sunday against Southampton, I believe, and we've already researched that the hotel we're in has a sports bar. Okay. Hopefully it opens at 6.30 in the morning so I can go and watch Leicester play Southampton. In our experience, sort of sports bars in America seem to have a bare minimum of, like, 32 televisions. Yeah, it did which have some ridiculous like amount. showing every single sports channel available. C.R. Galaza, grain inspector, with an arrow pointing down. You should totally do that. <laughs> <laughs> Chris Walsh. What? what? <laughs> you moved one <laughs> end of one word to the end of the other and vice versa. <laughs> In a really simple word. Oh. <laughs> 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 uh. 
Uh, this is a new one. Yeah. Especially as he sat there dressed as IRS. <laughs> I, I can't do this while I'm smiling. It's one of those. It's one of those ones. Hang on. I've got to relax my face. Chris Walsh. <laughs> <laughs> Shall I try saying it in a silly voice? Maybe no, just, just say it. Chris. <laughs> Chris Walsh. Absolutely. <laughs> we can do pyrotechnics. <laughs> Nick B. Techno Team 2000 tried to warn us about Trump. <laughs> I wish they had. Alex Anna. Romantar. And either Adam's drawing of Roman Reigns wearing Mantar's head or just a picture of Roman with a speech bubble that says moo. Yeah, I'd go for that. That would probably help his entrance through the crowd. Probably would Unless be. he fell down some stairs because he couldn't see where he was going. <laughs> now, now, given what's just happened, this is a horrible coincidence. <laughs> Barry Walsh. What can I say that one, not Chris? Barry Walsh. Adam Bomb can make... <sighs> These are all really short. Why can't you do it? Can't read. Don't bully me for it, Adam. I'm sorry. Do you want a biscuit? Yeah. <laughs> Barry Walsh. Adam Bomb can melt steel beams. <laughs> <laughs> That's random, but I like it. Mm. Alan Young. I left my sick horse for this. <laughs> nice. Fernando Fernandez. Ascend Marty Ginetti to main event status or we riot. Yeah. Very nice. Al Needham, big up your hometown by holding up a cutout of Paul Wright in a pink teddy boy outfit with the words Big Shawaddy Waddy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm sure they'd be lost on a lot of people, but Shawaddy Waddy were a Leicester-based band, I believe. Yeah, you also meant to say Paul White rather than Paul Wright. Gary Pollard, Bunkhouse Bob Monkhouse for Hall of Fame. Yeah. That's been a while since we've heard of him. Tyler Good, bring back La Femme Nikita. Starring Eva Marie. I'd watch that. I'd watch anything she acted in, because that would be amazing. <laughs> Brendan Roche. Richard Query for Raw GM. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I think anything we can do to increase Richard Query's kind of uh, broadness of appeal. One of the questions last night on the AMA was, who in the blue hell is Richard Query? <laughs> <laughs> and, and I think there was another one that said, has Paul ever met Richard Query? I had to say... No, you hadn't, but you would love to. I would love to. William Young. List of famous people. One, Nelson Mandela. <laughs> Two. What, Martina Navratilova? <laughs> Paul's favourite, Richard Query. Yay! Insert slightly obscure English cultural reference that Americans won't understand here. It's perhaps some sort of swear word that they don't have over there. Yeah. Wanker. Bollocks. Bellend. Bellend. Do you have Bellend in America? I don't know. If you're American, does Bellend mean anything to you? Chris Palmer. During the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, hold up a sign that says, which one is D'Lo Brown? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe with Godfather going into the Hall of Fame, like, D'Lo Brown might, might be, there. be there. Yeah, yeah you never know. Do, do we know who's inducted people? JBL and Ron Simmers are doing The Godfather. I think Flair's doing Sting, and that's all I know so far, or all I can remember off the top of my head, put it that way. Okay. Harry Green. Have a picture of Morrissey with Every Day is Like WrestleMania Sunday. Oh, yeah, very, yeah, very yeah, good. Very, very, very nice. good. Yeah. That means nothing to Paul. No, Paul's pulling a face that says, I don't know what that is. Rob Hills. In through the back door, 
20 years too late. <laughs> what? Is that a sunny reference? That's the name of the movie. Ah. Oh, Sonny's film. People were asking about that last night as well. Yeah, people asked how many times you'd watched it. Tom Mimna, Pat Tanaka stole my mask. <laughs> Which I think is a, a genuine contender. Matthew Graham, for Raw, stay tuned for Duckman, only on USA. <laughs> <laughs> that is a, a big callback to a yeah. long time ago. We've moved past Duckman now, we're on Robin Hood and Nikita. <laughs> Carl Withy? Devon, get the mullets. <laughs> I like that. Paul's actually sticking the finger up at me. Bonglybert. <laughs> Ninglesham. <laughs> Scribbins. Tape Nitro for us. <laughs> what was that name again? Well, how would you pronounce that? I think I went with Bonglybert. <laughs> Bonglybert. Ninglesham. <laughs> yes. <laughs> To be fair, it took you less time to say that than it did Chris Walsh. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've got no reason for it, I'm sorry. Or the word Mimna. Mimna. <laughs> I'm not taking the mick out of your name, Tom. That, that I've just had problems. <laughs> Matthew Spate. Lost smile. Last seen 275 miles <laughs> south of here. Christopher Santos. Ahmed for Playboy. <laughs> <laughs> The partnership's gone sour, lads. <laughs> Daniel Beasley, WrestleMania 33, WWE Network. If you don't host it, Sky will. <laughs> Very cheap to make. You could do it in a pub car park. Yeah, I did that bit on the end. Genuinely fantastic set of suggestions, yeah, good, as ever. Good, good full, effort. Full of sharp in-jokes of, of stuff that's been around for a while. If you had to make a sign for WrestleMania, Paul, what, what would you make? No entry. <laughs> <laughs> humpback bridge I don't know just do that humpback bridge there you go that, that's probably an obscure reference I don't know did they have that sign in America humpback bridge humpback bridge <laughs> good, good work there, a, well, well done there, there is a few like random road signs isn't there that you don't really ever see if you look in the highway code just have a look for something really random well that one of ducks crossing that's exactly what I was about to say there's that one we saw when we went up to Yorkshire wasn't there what was it Pontifract <laughs> <laughs> you just do that like do a side just Leicester like have how many thousand miles <laughs> that way and actually work out the geographical you know get a compass Adam if you had to make a Wrestlemania sign what would you go with try just a, a, a big picture of Eva Marie <laughs> with flappy arms <laughs> yeah just, wa- wavy red hair just just I'll tell you what just take a magazine just of Eva Marie just just take it and just hold it there take a laminated 10 by 8 picture of Sonny <laughs> <laughs> hold that up it's Friday the 21st of March 1997 and we are live on the USA Network from the Westin Hotel in Chicago, Illinois the show drew a 1.5 rating considered pretty good at the time for something airing in the 11pm to 1am time slot on a Friday night The show was also released on VHS later in the year by Coliseum Video for some reason. Supposedly, the winners of the awards had been voted on by fans on the 900 number, but apparently the wrestlers believed that this was not the case as several of the winners throughout the evening play into different angles. So we're not quite sure if the voting was legit or if they just ripped off people in ringing up. Oh, I think it's it's a bit it's a bit suspect. Some of the awards are a bit suspect, I think. Well, it was a bit suspect last year as well, wasn't it, when Brett and Sean won everything between them? (laughs) 
It's even missed Slammy. Uh, how did you enjoy the Slammy Awards last year? I seem to remember quite enjoying it, but I think there was a few highlights. I mean, Todd's song last year was spot on. I loved the band. Yeah. That, that was a big kind of thing that stood out when I was thinking back, rather than the majority of the awards themselves. Although, actually, another thing that stood out was the Dumpsters' impressions for that little... Nominees packages. Mm. Yeah, that was good. Nice ass. Oh, Yes. That, that, that's the thing that really sticks out in my mind, because what a weird thing for The Undertaker of that era to say. I mean, we, we sometimes still say that just around the house. Yeah. Not that I'm here much, but yeah. <laughs> but whenever I am, I often hear it. Excited for another round of it. I was obviously less sceptical for watching this one, having seen the 96 one, because I think I was a bit maybe dubious of like an awards ceremony. Mm. at that time. But actually, as last year's turned out to be really quite good, I was quite looking forward to this one. We open with an intro package set to wonderful techno music that shows us the superstars in attendance this evening, before we go straight to Vince McMahon and Jerry the King Lawler, our announcers for this awards show. Vince welcomes us, saying that this will be no ordinary awards show, while Lawler promises it will be more ostentatious than the Oscars and grander than the Grammys. He says there'll be no long, boring speeches where people thank everyone. They will thank themselves. He tells us it will be a hair-raising experience, or in Vince's case, a toupee-raising experience. Oh, good, to, good to get a joke in early on. Vince throws to Todd to present the first award. But wait, that's not what really happened when the show aired live. Instead, as is tradition, i.e. it happened last year, when <laughs> <laughs> we would have been treated to a musical medley from Todd Pettingill. Not available on the VHS release of the show, only on the live airing from the USA Network, the WWE actually posted Todd's song on their website. We shared the link on Facebook so you guys could hear it. If you didn't, here it is. And now, your host, Todd Pettengill. Please. 
love you. <laughs> Here we go, everybody. Oh, and hot and a bulldog, they can't get along. Davy says the earth's round. Oh, it says he's wrong. Hell, yesterday we caught him fighting over Donkey Kong. He's got a black cape, a black beard. He's from the dark side, so he's kind of weird. He once showed up and, well, let me just sing what the people said. He's six feet under from the creatures of the night. Everybody's crazy about the Taker Man. Do that funky dance, now flash funk. Russian Savio, your domination tactics. What's up with that? You won't scare anyone with that goofy hat. Excellence of execution. Fred returned and won on shotgun. Brother Owen better get going, cause the hitman's done. Now they're back, they're legion of doom, their spikes are in the back, yeah! Everywhere I go, people wanna know, what the heck is up with Vader? Dog collar fits in place, right over his face, what's up with Vader? I'll make Johnson tell me, cause I wonder why. Your neck's thicker than Doc Hendricks die. I saw you on an interview with old JR. I bet that you could stuff them in a mason jar. Just sit on back and relax, because you know the Slammy TV show is set to go. What did you reckon to his medley this year, then? I think it was not quite as spot-on as last year, but it was still very good. Good I, effort. I thought it was not really in the same league as last year's. I was a little... Th- see, the thing is, if I'd have probably just heard this one, it's one of those things where you'd have been pleasantly surprised, but he's raised his own expectations for me. I, so, st- I still quite liked it. Let's break it down, then. So we open with with a bit of an intro. It goes something like this. McMahon's got plenty of nuts, Ted Turner don't. You'll see our superstars. No old guys here tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the 1997 Slammy Awards. Are you ready to go? Get up on your feet and have some fun. Ready? It's Slammy time on USA. Of course we have to open with a dig at Ted Turner. Yeah. Yeah, because it's always against Ted Turner. I kind of thought they'd stopped all that some time ago, though. So this is just like a bit of a Oh, yeah, off. this is just out of the blue, kind of. But it, it's it's still that bizarre thing, and I think we discussed it at length probably this time last year, like that in Vince's head, the fight is with Ted Turner, when in actual reality and probably everyone else's head, it's with Bischoff. Yeah. yeah. Like Ted, Ted Turner's, Turner's just got a, a big bank balance. He's not actually doing anything yeah. to 
to take to take digs at Vince. It's Bischoff that's consistently doing it. But Vince does pull a very curious face while Todd is singing that. Hmm. Oh, and there are old guys here tonight. Quite a few of them, actually. Yeah. Hillbilly Jim's there, right? Captain oh. Lou Albana. Bob Backlund, the Iron Sheik, they're mm. all there. At this point, kayfabe is well and truly broken when we see someone at the bottom of the stage holding Todd's cue cards. Oh, I didn't see that. Mm. Up first, we have, to the tune of On Top of Old Smokey, do you know this song? No. No. Okay. Are you hearing voices? One man thought he did. See, that's not uncommon when you're Psycho Sid. Simple and effective. Sid liked it. It's a traditional folk song, apparently, with the first recording appearing in 1925. It charted, courtesy of the Weavers, in 1951. You may well know it better with the lyrics, On top of spaghetti, all covered with cheese, I lost my poor meatball when somebody sneezed. Or maybe not. No, I don't know it's any better now. (laughs) Presumably that's some kind of advertising. I think it was some sort of children's song in the 60s. You know, that must be a big sneeze to lose a meatball. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'd do some pretty big sneezes. I'm not sure if I could dislodge a meatball from a... Subway. Let's not try, eh? But Sid had a good chuckle about it anyway. Yeah, Sid, Sid was happy about it. It's interesting to see some of the superstars' reactions and how some of them like to stay in character or try to stay in character, and some just want to have a bit of a laugh. Sid pulls many curious faces this evening, in fact. It's, it's also interesting that, you know, I do wonder who is responsible for the people's actions and how much of it is certain people wanting to stay in character and how much is the company wanting certain people to stay in character. Mm, I wonder. But it's a slightly obscure song choice. It, it, it was more recognisable last year, I yes. would say. The, the songs... Like, yeah. We had a, quite a lot yeah. of help from people on Facebook and on Twitter, because I recognised some of them, but some of them I just couldn't get, and one of them I just had to hum into some sort of song identifier until it recognised it. Did it work? Yes. Good humming. To the tune of the Flintstones theme. I recognise that. Rocky meets the Sultan for the intercontinental gold. Nothing rhymes with Sultan, so let's sing about that guy Stone Cold. It's quite, quite clever. Some of the Sultan stands up or something. Yeah, well, you get Kevin Kelly looking like he's giving the rock a back massage while he's eating his dinner. <laughs> I think he is. Yeah, and so yeah, Sultan stands up looking... Well, you can't really see his face, so you don't know what expression he's pulling. I assume he's angry. But how does he eat dinner? Well, that's what I was just going to say, because that with that mask, it's going to be a, a um, job... Through um, through the eyes? I don't know, but also he doesn't have a tongue, does he? So how do people with no tongues eat dinner? Well, you can just inhale, like, soup through your nose and it'd just go down the back of your throat. That must be it, then, because I don't think his nose is covered by the mask. There we go. Yeah. So just really a starter, then. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, do, you, do you reckon you could have some like rice pudding or something for? Yeah, Why'd you get s- rice stuck up your nose. S- semolina, that's a bit. Yeah, more but if rare. you sniff really hard, it might get. You could melt a tub of ice cream and have that for dessert. Yeah, gravy and ice cream, even. One can only presume that this was the basis for the WWE and Hanna Barbera producing the Flintstones and WWE Stone Age SmackDown eighteen years later in 2015. <laughs> have you seen that? I haven't, but I, I want to tell you the list of superstars that feature in it. Okay, well, go on then. Daniel Bryrock. Oh, God. John Cena Stone. Oh. Ray Mysteria Pal. Is that a what? type of rock or stone? I, I don't know. CM Punk Rock. <laughs> That's good. Marble Henry. Mm. The Boulder Twins. Mr. McMagma. And The Undertaker. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> that sounds awful. Is it any of their actual voices, or is it just people playing them? No, it's them doing their own voices. Yeah, right. mm. I think it was, like, one of the few things released long after Punk left that he was still featured in. Yeah, right. Mm. Next one, and this is the one where 
We had a couple of guesses at it, but none that was concrete. But the next lyrics go, He's Stone Cold Steve Austin, belligerent and mean. If he's got a nice side, then it's one we've never seen. He still beats up his brother, hangs the phone up on his mother. He's feared from Cali to Boston. Steve Austin. Yeah. I wasn't so keen on that one. Now, Steve, though, bless him, he was very much trying to stay in character, but at times had a, a grin there was Creeping a across micro his face. second yeah. where he cracks a smile. Well, I think there's two like little bits where like he wants to smile, but he's trying really hard not to. Like it's it's like he's seen something funny at a funeral. <laughs> <laughs> that happened to you? No, but but you know, kind of that. There's an episode of Coupling, which for any American listeners is basically uh, like an English Friends that's slightly ruder in content, but really quite funny. And didn't last anywhere near as long. No, that was about three or four series, I think. But there's an episode of that where they talk about something called the giggle loop, mm. where you get something like a, a memory stuck in your head of something humorous at a really inappropriate time. Up next, to the tune of Summer Lovin' from Greece. I recognise that. You want your heart broke? Go see this kid. He's Shawn Michaels, no friend of Sid. How you doing, Sean? We want you back. And that lady wants you in the rack. Will you moon the crowd once again? Tell us please, Shawn Michaels, tell us please. Wasn't it that lady wants you in her rack? Well, No, I think it's the rack. I I think it's the rack, yeah. Two things would make more sense. The rack. That lady wants you in her rack, or that lady wants you in the sack. Sack, yeah. Both of those would make more sense. Yeah, it was was slightly odd. Did you also spot Shawn insisting that he is, in fact, friends with Sid? Yeah. Oh, and also that he's very sweaty when Todd asks him how he's doing. I didn't, didn't notice that. I didn't that. pick up on yeah, that. Yeah, he no. definitely says, I'm very sweaty. Yeah, right. Presumably he drops some E before dinner. That makes you sweaty, right? <laughs> makes you really thirsty for water. Mm. And oh, look, Jose Lothario is there. Is this the last thing he turns up on? Well, I presumed Royal Rumble was kind of his last appearance, but maybe this is. Maybe mm. he just got invited before the Royal Rumble, so yeah. he was still obligated to go. Or, or maybe he just invited himself for a Raw. Possibly. <laughs> Full credit to Sean, he declines the opportunity to moon again and pulls a rather amusing face when deciding not to. Isn't gurning another side effect of ecstasy? (laughs) (laughs) Just formulating a theory here. And also, why is Todd singing about seeing Sean's bottom? Maybe Vince wrote the lyrics. Well, if Vince was writing the lyrics, I think I Will Always Love You would have been more appropriate. (laughs) You know, the next tune, it's for Sonny. Yeah, I recognised it, but I couldn't tell you what it was. The tune of Sonny by Bobby Hep. Yeah. Sonny, how do you get your pants to fit so tight? Sonny, tell me, is the left one bigger than the right? When you walk in the room, I can feel the earth tip. Tell me honestly, Sonny, do you miss that runt skip? Oh, Sonny, we love you. Now, that, that was a, a bit of a dig, obviously, at the Body Donners skip. Chris Sh- Candido. Shame. He's gone with all his injuries. Yeah, he left in last summer. Yeah, gone a while then. But she's sitting next to Bradshaw. Which I think is a, a curious pairing. Really? Yeah, yeah, I do think... like Who should she be sitting next to? Sean. Yeah. Bulldog, is that, is that, is that Brett, still... Ahmed. Oh, all right then. <laughs> Any one of the above. Just like, uh, yeah, just doesn't fit. But she does a little dance in her chair while Todd sings, and I'm pretty sure Bradshaw is holding a dollar bill behind her. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the thing is, I think she tries really hard to play along with everything. Yes, she does. To, to be fair to her, I think she does work quite hard like that. Also, I do feel quite sorry for Chris Candido. I hope he didn't watch this show. He gets ripped yeah. on by Todd Pettingill, and then everyone spends the rest of the show saying how his girlfriend's an easy lay. Yeah. Mm. Harsh. For anyone who does want to check which one is bigger, there's a pretty easy way to find out. Adam? <laughs> uh, send her a tweet. 
Possibly. Send us some Skype credit. She'll just give you loads of abuse and then block you. What, what about displacement with water? <laughs> like you and the Big Mac that yeah. time. What was my favourite method of measuring volume? <laughs> Fun fact, Leonard Nimoy covered this song, but presumably wasn't singing about Tammy Sitch. Huh? Oh. Next one is about Owen Hart and the Bulldog. You recognise this one? No. Yeah. No, I did, but I can't remember what it was. But I definitely remember thinking, oh, I know that. Okay, fair enough. I genuinely thought you'd get that one. It goes, Owen Hart and the Bulldog, they can't get along. Davy says the earth's round, Owen says he's wrong. And yesterday we caught them fighting over Donkey Kong. So I'm going to tell you who sang the song originally and then who more famously sang it. It was originally sang by Willie May, Big Mama Thornton, who apparently weighed 350 pounds and has scars all over her face. She was a big mama. Where'd she get the scars from? No idea, but obviously <laughs> its more famous rendition was by Elvis Presley, Hound Dog. Mm. Hound Dog, oh. that's, that's the one. Also, Davy Boy is right about the earth being round, yeah. and Owen is wrong. Well, spherical. Mm. Yeah. Ish. And D- D- Davy Boy in glasses, thoughts? It, well, he looks like a different bloke, doesn't he? Less threatening. He looks like a PE teacher at parents' evening. Yeah, could do that but, but like those sorts of PE teachers that wear shorts no matter what the weather because oh, you yeah, do get those yeah, don't you yeah that, that's it's snowing outside why are you wearing shorts it's just what they live in next one next tune is for the undertaker any guesses on this one no well it's to the tune of sharp dressed man by ZZ Top oh yes no, no yeah yes that's right he's got a black cape a black beard he's from the dark side so he's kind of weird he once showed up um, well, let me sing about what people said. He's six feet under from the creatures of the night. Everybody's crazy about the Taker Man. Todd royally fucks this one up. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that's what he was supposed to be singing. No, that, it was a bit odd. Especially considering he's got cue cards. And it didn't really fit at the end either. No, exactly. They don't, they, the last two lines don't rhyme, so I yeah. think he's sort of balls it up. But we can't pass this tune without chatting about the Mad Drummer. Ah, yes. the Mad Drummer, yeah. Love the Mad Drummer. Yeah, uh, what, if, you, if, you, if you've not seen the Mad Drummer, just search on YouTube for Mad Drummer ZZ Top or Mad Drummer Sharp Dressed Man and watch that video. It's absolutely amazing. I've been trying to convince Adam to try and drum like that. For I don't ages. know how he does it. Like it's it's like Animal from the Muppets. Well, it's, it's like his arms are made of jelly. <laughs> not that that'd help you be a drummer, but you know what I mean. It's kind of it's just got this. They don't look like they belong to his body. <laughs> they don't like. It's almost like. <laughs> Imagine, like, you know when some people, say, put their hands in their pockets and then somebody's standing behind them and put their arms kind of under their shoulders <laughs> and mess around? You know, that kind of thing? Um, um, okay. It kind of looks like that because it, it just looks like they're not his arms. There's also that really cool video where it's like at a drum demo thing, isn't it, where he's like, yeah. people are throwing him sticks and stuff and he's doing all these crazy things. Insane. Oh, and also Billy Gibbons and Dusty Hill of ZZ Top guest-hosted Raw on... June 20th, 2009. All right. Yeah, I think I did hear about that. Was it a good one? I've seen ZZ Top. Have you? Yeah. Were they good? They were interesting. Big beards, big white furry guitars. But decent, yeah. The next one is for Flash Funk. Any guesses at this tune? Play That Funky Music. It is indeed Play That Funky Music. I was going to guess that as well. White Cherry. And the line for that is merely Do That Funky Dance Now, Flash Funk. I think that says a lot about Flash Funk's place on the roster. But it's weird, though, because he still probably gets about the longest entrance of everyone. Yeah, he's, he's got a good song and two dancing kind of go-go girls. We'll talk about their dancing later on. For some reason, <laughs> the camera shows us Mark Marrow, Sable and Ken Shamrock before they realise this is about Flash Funk, which, which is useful. But it's probably about, yeah, the most logical tune-slash-superstar sync-up in the entire medley. Yep. Yeah. It's got the same word in his name and the song. Brilliant. 
The next one is about Jerry Lawler, and this one I really struggled with, but was helped out. Any any guesses on this one? Not a clue. Burger King. It's the tune of the Love Boat theme. What? I don't, I'm not aware of the Love Boat. Burger King, your attitude, it is whopper-sized Burger King. How can you wrestle and still make fries? Yeah, that's not the best section, is it? Lawler pulls some good faces during it and tells mm. someone to shut up. <laughs> I've never, ever seen a single episode of the Love Boat, although, according to Wikipedia, the BBC did show it. Really? Mm. The next one, terribly obscure for me, it's about Farouk. No guesses? No. It's to the tune of If My Friends Could See Me Now from the musical Sweet Charity. See, I don't really do musicals, so... We do Buffy the musical, don't we? Yeah, that was good. Didn't our (laughs) college produce Sweet Charity as a stage show while we were there? I really had no interest in that Uh, kind of thing. I I think they did. It's a shame you didn't sing in it. They probably did. But oh. the lyrics for Farouk are, Farouk, you changed your name, why did you have to go? And form the nation with that crush and savio. Your domination tactics, what's up with that? You won't scare anyone with that goofy hat. It's not bad, actually. <laughs> I, I do think, though, Todd should rap that as they walk down the aisle at WrestleMania. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be brilliant. And also, they don't show him in the crowd because he's not there yet, as we'll find out later. Yes, indeed. The next one is about Bret Hart. Any guesses on this tune? Something by Hart. No, but that would have been good if it had been alone, yeah. We Three Kings. Yes, that really Yeah, like a yeah. Christmassy tune. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Excellence of execution. Brett returned and won on shotgun. Brother Owen better get going because the hitman's number one. Yeah, I, I, I was hoping for something bigger for Brett. Is Brett the only one who's bought his mum and dad for dinner? Yes, I think he is. Mm. Owen. <laughs> <laughs> and I suppose Bulldog then bought his mother and father-in-law. <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah. And Sean bought his Mexican grandfather. <laughs> <laughs> For the record, Brett did win on Shotgun on January 25th. He defeated Mankind by disqualification when guest commentator Owen Hart interfered. It's a slightly obscure piece of trivia to include here, though I guess they just needed something that rhymed, kind of, with execution. Yeah. The next one is about the Legion of Doom. I didn't really get this one at all, I don't think. It was to the tune of the Cheers theme tune. No, that's right, because I asked you about it. How did I not get that? I've watched this less than an hour ago and I couldn't remember it. They've been gone for a while, but now they're back. They're Legion of Doom. Their spikes are in the back. (laughs) That's the worst rhyme scheme in in the whole song. Absolutely terrible. The next dinner party, though, Paul, you go to with Mrs. Scrivens, make sure you paint your face first. Yeah. It's essential at dinner parties. I don't see why not. Get a hawk's haircut. No. Okay. Well, have had my haircut. I got a certificate for eating a big burger in Cheers. Mm, yes, you did. I think my name's on the website as well. Really? Surely, surely we've gone over this before on the podcast. I don't think we've ever mentioned it. Well, you just unknowingly at a challenge meal and got a certificate <laughs> when you finished. <laughs> Wouldn't that be brilliant if every time you just ate a meal and you finished it? Someone that, gave you a certificate. That, that, that would encourage more children to eat up. Didn't you, didn't you have a starter as well? Or I a did side have a starter, yeah. No, I think we had a, like a shared platter thing. <laughs> Because we ate in both cheers in one day as well, didn't we? It was a good day. The next one is for Vader, and this is terribly, terribly obscure. Go on then, we're not going to get it. To the tune of Just a Gigolo, adapted by Irving Caesar from an Austrian tango made famous by Louis Prima. No, actually, I do know that. (laughs) (laughs) Everywhere I go, people want to know what the heck is up with Vader. Dog collar fits in place right over his face. What's up with Vader? It's just weird. Vader gives a strong entry, though, for facial expression of the night when, mm. with his shocked face when Tog sings about the dog collar. I don't know, I think there's some good faces tonight, actually. I'll, I'll see if I can remember any as we go through. Apparently, though, the original lyrics to this song were about the social collapse in Austria after World War One. 
And this is about a fat man wearing a gimp mask. <laughs> and apparently it's in Just Dance 2014. What? Not Todd's song. But, oh, okay. You know, <laughs> the, the Austrian tango. But I wasn't aware that's the direction the Just Dance franchise had gone in. What, what is Just Dance? It was it's a like game. It came out for the Wii. It was very popular for the Wii and it's sort of gone on to other platforms since then. Yeah. Have you, um, have you ever done one of those, like, dancing arcade games? No. Have you not? Have you? No, but have you, Adam? <laughs> no. I, I kind of think it'd be the sort of thing that you would do if you were drunk enough. I'm not normally in arcades really drunk, though. We could go down one. We did find that bar in, in Dallas that we were looking at that has a bowling alley in a bar. Sounds good. Have you ever tried bowling drunk? No, but the last time I tried bowling, I bowled against Paul. Uh, oh, you edged me out of that. Very, that was that was on one of Adam's birthdays a long time ago. Now, yeah, I think it? that was the last time I genuinely went bowling. Yeah, you, you pipped me. The last time I went bowling, you know what I did? Shall, shall we talk more about what happened the last time I went? Yeah, then. Do, do you remember? You won. Didn't I need three strikes off the last bowl? And then that's exactly what happened. That That is what happened. Just, Are they called frames? Frames? And, yeah, uh, I possibly. But yeah, that is, yeah. It was good. like I had it in the bag... You snatched it out from under my face. Yeah, last time I went bowling, I was doing really, really badly. And then somebody bought me a bag of Haribo. It's <laughs> like, so like Popeye with a can of spinach. I, honestly, like, not exaggerating, it was just like that. <laughs> Apart from, like... Your muscles didn't pop. Yeah, my muscles didn't pop out, but it just gave me this, like, super sense of being able to get strikes at will, it seemed. Well, Fair there enough. you go. The next one is about Ahmed Johnson and, again, was another song I'd never heard of. Lido Shuffle by Boz Skaggs. Oh, yeah. Boz Skaggs. Boz Skaggs. Ahmed Johnson, tell me, because I wonder why. How come your neck's thicker than Doc Hendrick's thigh? I saw you on an interview with old JR. I bet that you could stuff him in a mason jar. What's a mason jar? It's a little it's like, big... jam jar type thing that you can drink out of. You can have them in, like, Nando's and stuff. Really? Yeah. I have to try one of them. And Chiquitos as well, I think. While you listen to Savio Vegas theme. Doc <laughs> Hendricks is offended by Ahmed's neck yes. being thicker than his thigh. What an odd comparison to make. What is Doc Hendricks doing? He's playing with the band, isn't he? Goofing around with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I had an idea for a better lyric on this one. It goes, I saw you in an interview with old JR. I haven't understood a single word you've said so far. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Would potentially be more appropriate. We then finish with, just sit on back and relax, because you know the Slammy TV show is set to go. Yeah, not not the strongest ending. Really fizzled out. There, there were a few good little verses in there, but but largely too obscure in terms of songs, and Todd messed up a bit. I think the content's definitely not up to last year, but I think Todd kind of puts a good amount of effort into this. It's probably the most effort he puts into anything that we've seen, so I quite liked it. But wait, that's still not it. The WWE website actually makes three changes to what was aired at the time. Let's see what was taken out. First, a single line is taken out from Todd's section on Flash Funk. Oh, that's why it was so short. Did you say something about Spunk? Do that funky dance now, Flash Funk. Ready for a booty call. Do that funky dance now, Flash Funk. Ready for a booty call? In case you're not sure what a booty call is, Paul, that's a slang for casual sex. Mm. Why did they take it out? Presumably uh, for the term booty call, I don't know. I can't think of any other reason. Yeah. Two entire pieces were removed from the WWE website version of the song. Firstly, a section about Goldust and Marlena. Yeah, I thought it was weird they weren't referenced. They come from California, straight from a movie set. I said Goldust. 
Goldust in Marlena. Goldust and Marlena. Oh. <laughs> Any idea of that tune? Mm, I kind of recognise it, I can't think. It's Funky Cold Medina by Tone Lock. The lyrics go as follows. They come from California, straight from a movie set. I said Goldust was straight and won a $100 bet. They can give you any single line from any movie. They're from Cali. They're Goldust and Marlena. Yeah, that doesn't it doesn't work. rhyme, yeah. Apparently since the release of the song... Funky Cold Medina, it's become a fairly popular cocktail name. Oh, yeah. There you go. Goldust and Marlena look fairly nonplussed about this. They're, they're not unhappy. They don't look overly happy. And finally, a piece about Hunter Hearst Helmsley and China. Ooh. thoughts on that one just go through the lyrics first okay do, do you talk. know the tune first of all i recognize it but this is the one i had to hum to a sound recognition thing it's the tune of the girl from ipanema That's most it, yeah. famously by astrid gilberto and stan getz according to the wall street journal this song is allegedly the second most recorded pop song in history behind yesterday by the beatles yeah. with the lyrics believed to be inspired by a 17 year old girl Something you want to say, Adam? <laughs> no. <laughs> the lyrics are as follows. Hunter and his new girl, China, are looking pumped and mighty fine But in a match, I bet that she could win. Hunter, when you two get silly, which one of you has got the willy? Don't answer that. I guess I don't need to know. <laughs> Paul, anything you want to say about that? Not at all, no, nothing. Adam? Well, I guess they cut it out because China did some naughty movies. No, not at the time, because... She might have had a penis. I don't know. <laughs> Any one of the above, really. Because it was offensive. Yeah. Hunter smiles when Todd starts singing, but quickly changes his <laughs> expression, and China looks pissed off about the, the the whole thing. Hunter actually references it later at the night when they're on stage. She says mm. something to Todd about China wanting to kill him or something to that effect. So, mm. yeah, interesting that, that those got removed. In summary, yeah, it's not as good as the 1996 version. I was given this to read by one of our agents. And I'm not a puppet. If I was a puppet, I'd be in the other federation, so I won't read this. I said what I gotta say. First of all, I'd like to thank all you guys for coming out. You guys have been supporting us, and we really appreciate it. And I'm telling you, from somebody who's been injured quite a few times, you guys support me a whole lot. And I'm quite sure Shawn Michaels needs need your support right now. I'm telling you. If one of the sports you gave me, I wouldn't have been back. But you guys maybe come back and help me come back. But right now we're here to give the award for the new sensation of the year, an award that I won last year that I cherish very, very much. Todd welcomes the first presenter to the stage. The winner of last year's new sensation award, it's Ahmed Johnson in an ill-fitting suit. It's old sensation. They have the same band set up as last year. Yeah, they don't sound as good. You don't think they sound any good? I, I thought some of the stuff that they played was good. But the sound quality on the yeah, the sound copy quality wasn't great. Was really poor. And I we don't can't nec- blame the band for that, though. No, I don't. I don't think it was necessarily the band. 
I, I think it was just the quality of the recording at the venue. I don't think it was like our copy of it particularly. I think it was just poorly recorded. Uh, particularly the drums, I thought, sounded like somebody's cheap home kit. Bearing in mind, this is like an MPEG from, you know, 1997. Yeah, I, I, I still just got... You just get the feel for it. It just didn't sound quite right. But I think it probably would have sounded fine if you were there. This award is sponsored by Super Soaker. Good. I had a super soaker when I was younger. What did you do with it? Soaked things. Yeah. Ahmed says something about being given something to read by one of his agents, but he's not going to read it because he's not a puppet. If he was, he says he'd be in the other federation. Meow. Is that what he said? I thought he swore. I thought he said the F word. What did you think he said then? Well, maybe I mistook puppet for something else. Fuck it. (laughs) Possibly, yes. (laughs) I'm not going to read something from my agent. Fuck it. Yeah. He says some other stuff about being injured and people supporting him, saying that Sean needs people's support now. No, he doesn't. No, in fact, Sean wasn't happy at all. Ahmed is here to present the New Sensation Award, and we go to the nominees. The New Sensation of the Squared Circle, presented by Super Soaker. This year's nominees, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Think you're making friends with Steve Austin? All of you can kiss off because I don't need nobody. The Wild Man, Mark Miro. The Wild Man will kick it into that second gear. He'll take every chance in the book. Will the Wild Man? Flash Funk. Believable. How about that? And Flash Funk is everywhere. Keep rounding. Mankind. Mankind is dangerous. And Rocky Mayavia. I'll tell you something, folks. This guy is a blue chipper. This guy could be the standard bearer right here in the WWF for years to come. So same as last year, I've gotten you two to give your predictions for who wins all of these awards as we go through. We're going to keep a little score to see who can win. Hopefully. Did I win last year? I think I may have done. Let's just say you did. It'll make you happier. Thank you, Adam. You, you, you know me well. Do you remember who you picked for this category? No, and I think it'll be embarrassing that I don't. So if you can just let us know, that'll be good. Paul's pick was Steve Austin, and Adam's pick was Mankind. Ah, there we go. The nominee package videos this year get weird black and white footage splashed with rap music. I don't get it. It's it's wrong, it doesn't work, it's too long, it's, it's rubbish. <laughs> Is that what you wanted to talk about? <laughs> yes. Yeah, they really wound me up. I got really quite agitated by them. I don't know who in their right mind <laughs> would think it was an appropriate fit for the award ceremony, or what its relevance was. Was it an appropriate fit having Undertaker say nice ass last year? Yes, because at least that was funny. Lawler says he'll translate what Ahmed is saying as he speaks Ebonics, but Ahmed speaks Moronics. That was good. Ahmed announces the winner is Stone... No, wait, it's Rocky Maivia. <laughs> big pop for Austin. Big booze when Ahmed changes it to Rocky. Yeah, uh, this is one of those things that makes me think that it was a bit skewed in terms of the voting. Yeah, especially if you're alleging that this was voted for by the general public, you would think there would be some reflection of that in the crowd, in the audience, maybe. Yeah, and plus, you know, we've seen both of these guys and who's getting clearly the bigger reactions at the minute. Yeah, Rocky, I don't don't know. It's hard to say, but I would suspect that he would be a lot less popular than Stone Cold at this time. There's a a smidgen of the Roman Reigns about Rocky at this point in the company, isn't it? Nice comparison. Mm. Also good use of the word smidgen. I love the word smidgen. That does leave you at nil-nil still, boys, though, so... Yep. Draw draw in. 
Austin doesn't look pleased. No, he looks well knocked. Mm. Remember like two minutes ago when Jerry Lawler said there would be no boring speeches? Yes, I did. I, I noted this down. Well, he lied because Rocky gives the most generic awards acceptance speech ever, thanking his wife, dad, God, etc. It's almost like he wasn't expecting to win. As he thanks his dad, the headbangers pretend to cry. <laughs> Which was annoying. Lawler at least acknowledges he's been made a liar by Maivia. Yeah. Todd tells us that the voting between Austin and Rocky was very close, but Rocky won. Unhappy with losing, Austin gets up to make a speech. Lawler wants him to hit Todd. I never finished second in nothing in my life. Tell him, I'd man. like to know whoever the hell counted them votes, go ahead and stand up so I can take a good look at you. It's McMahon, right here, by me. I didn't count him. I wonder what your phone bill was, son, every time you called in and voted for yourself. Because there can't be no way that I didn't win this award. Right. Shut up. You remember this, son, with a snap of my fingers, I could come out there and take that Intercontinental Championship right from your ass. Moving on to bigger fish in the pond, though. Brett the Hitman Hart. At Survivor Series, you made the big comeback, son. And with the biggest lucky second, three seconds of your life, you beat me. Well, that don't sit good with Stone Cold. And at WrestleMania, you will feel the wrath of Austin 316. Because I ain't had a good night of sleep since that night. As far as Ken Shamrock goes, you look in my eyes, son, and you realize that I don't care where you come from, what you've done with the UFC. You don't call it like you see it. And I will be all over you. And in your worst street fight, all your little buddies in the UFC, they won't be able to pull my ass off of you, and you will suffer some hard times. You ain't the most dangerous man in the world. The the most dangerous man in the world is talking to you. And that's the bottom line. WrestleMania 13, Austin 316 rules. I set the world on fire in 96, and you can damn well bet your bottom dollar, the World Wrestling Federation title or the Intercontinental title will be Stone Cold because there can be no other way. Austin cuts a way better promo than Rocky, questioning how big a phone bill Rocky got voting for himself. I thought that was a nice touch. Yeah, Stone Cold's bit was amazing. Stone Cold turns his attention to the Hitman and plugs their match at WrestleMania to a round of applause from the crowd. He also rips on Ken Shamrock and all his little UFC buddies. He's got a really good way of making quite hard people sound like little children. Well, I've put this comment in my notes... I don't quite know what I meant by this, but I, I wrote, has somebody just stolen Stone Cold Steve Austin's cat? <laughs> <laughs> I think he looks just so upset, possibly. He couldn't present a cat. No, no, I think someone just stolen. No, yeah, he just, I have no idea what you meant by that. <laughs> he, he just looks so, so upset. That's his general disposition. Well, well there, there's another maybe, sign. Maybe he had a lot of cats that have gone missing. There's another sign for WrestleMania. Who yeah. stole Stone Cold Cold's cat? cat. The live version urges us to call to vote for Miss Slammy. Call 1-900-737-SLAM. 
and we've not got off the Adam off the phone since. <laughs> Vince then tells us that it's Eastern and Central Zone viewers that can vote, so we're not eligible, I'm afraid. Before plugging the swimsuit contest and the talent portion of this award, Lawler tells us nobody cares about the talent part. We're only interested in the swimsuit part. Wait, wait, not Sam Pervy there. Todd welcomes the honky tonk man and supermodel Cindy Margolis to present the Dress to Kill Award. Lawler says he's gone through four posters of Cindy. Penetrated? Oh, Adam, that's just take it down. I'm not sure. I mean, I thought bad, but I didn't think that bad. Plus, paper cuts. What did you think he meant? Oh, I thought he meant he sullied them. Sullied them, okay. In, in whatever way you may deem appropriate in your own mind. Honky calls her Candy Marguinness. Cindy Margulis and Cindy Margoofus before she corrects him on her actual name. Bit awkward this, isn't it? I think Adam's Googling her. I, yeah, I just remembered. I, I don't know who this woman is. Don't worry, I've got some info on her for you. Have you? She's, Adam, Adam's doing an image search. She's 50. Uh, <laughs> and she weighs 54 kilograms. <laughs> what have you got her weight? It's on Wikipedia. That, that's a really? mess. Yeah. Honky says she's America's number one pickup, whoops, pinup, and the most downloaded model and queen of the internet and soon to be a movie star. Honky tells Cindy to stop hanging around with Rocky Maivia or she'll be going to the bottom of the charts. Sonny nods in agreement. See, this was weird. So, is she The Rock's genuine girlfriend? No, because The Rock mentioned his wife in his acceptance speech. Of course, that makes sense. Yeah. Also, I, I thought it was a bit odd. I've just found out she's in Austin Powers. What? She's one of the fembots. Amazing, I love Austin Powers. And, and also in Sharknado 3. I love Sharknado what? As herself. <laughs> I had the International Man of Mystery bit down, but I didn't have Sharknado. <laughs> she says it's better to have been on the chart than to have never charted at all. Oh, snap. Yes. And she rips on Honky's hair and Lawler asks Vince where he left his hair. The, the, that gag is wearing a little bit thin. I quite like it, but Vince doesn't wear a toupee, right? I quite like Vince's hair. It's wrong to say that. <laughs> So Cindy Margolis, yes, she is an American model who also appeared as generic attractive woman on the American version of The Price is Right. She was indeed a fembot in Austin Powers' International Man of Mystery and she was named Yahoo Internet Life Magazine's Queen of the Internet from 1996 to 1999. She also found her way into the 2000 Guinness World Book of Records as a result of being the most downloaded person in 1999. So presumably she overtakes Sonny at some point or the WWF for just lying about Sonny holding that title. See, see, this was interesting because I did make a note of that because they introduced Sonny with... Perhaps an ever so slightly different but very similar title later on. Apparently at the peak of her popularity, images of Margolis were downloaded 70,000 times in a span of 24 hours. Wow. Well, that was a busy day for Adam. (laughs) Also, it takes bloody ages. It was dial-up, wasn't it? Yeah. (laughs) At the age of 40, she posed for Playboy in December 2006, having never appeared nude prior to that. So she waited until she was 40 to do it. Mm. She would nice pose, work, Margolis. She would pose again for the magazine in July 2008. And in 2010, she starred in her own reality series entitled Seducing Cindy, where 24 male contestants attempted to seduce her. Yeah, that seems a little bit random. Tenuous wrestling link? Oh, she's, she's one of Ric Flair's ex-wives. <laughs> she's got a famous uncle who was a wrestler. One of the contestants in seducing Cindy was Ken Doan, a.k.a. Kenny from the Spirit Squad. Excellent. <laughs> Ken Doan. He finished fifth, so I'm not sure what that entitled does, him does, to. Does, 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 he, does he have a catchphrase saying, I don't condone that? <laughs> <laughs> Possibly. Dress to Kill, presented by Dimension Films. The nominees are Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels, all dressed up in his own face to go. Sable. Is that outfit custom painted or custom painted? Marlena. Wow, I hope that dress isn't flammable. 
So this one, Adam's pick was Marlena. Paul's pick was Shawn Michaels. I don't know why I chose that. <laughs> the award is presented by Dimension Films and the nominees package has sarcastic comments from Jim Cornette added over the top for extra effect. What did Dimension Films do? Didn't they do like... Scream. Scream, yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of random sponsors on yeah. this. Cindy announces the winner is Sable. Of course it is. Now you see, my problem with this is that Sable is clearly not the best dressed person on the show. She's barely dressed at all. Uh, <laughs> until this night. But she wins the award before she's the best dressed person on the show. So it's all backwards. Mark Merrow joins Sable on the stage saying that Sable is a killer, dressed or not. Sable tells Mark he said he wasn't looking, giving us Mark Merrow's Eddie Guerrero impression. I lied. That was like the best bit of the whole show for me. <laughs> I lied! <laughs> And, and also, wait, are we supposed to believe that these two are married, but he's never seen her naked? Well, judging by his reaction later on. <laughs> <laughs> Sable thanks all of her fans, the McMahons, Mark Merrow, which Vince laughs at when she thanks Mark Merrow. <laughs> As if to say, I'll split them up one day and shag her. <laughs> And she also thanks her designer and friend, Sandra Gray. Hey, wait, that's Miss Sandra from Total Divas. What? Yeah. Really? Yep. Oh, wow. Apparently she's had a very long tenure with the WWF. Good, good for her. Sable's music cuts her off while she's still talking. They, they want her to get off the stage, basically. She is terrible. Telling us that 1997 will be the year of the cat. I've checked. It wasn't. It was the year of the ox. Well, I was, I was going to say that. I was wondering, <laughs> was it genuinely the Chinese year so of the cat? Mantar's yeah. time to return. Possibly. Vince gives an, I know that's right. <laughs> well, he's, he's, he's wrong. Before Todd can introduce the next award, the Nation of Domination arrive fashionably late, wrapped in by PG-13 in suits. <laughs> and they don't really go anywhere with it? It's bizarre. No, they just turn up late. That's the whole bit. Yeah. Normally, we'd expect them to pick a fight with someone when they did this, but they just sit down. They're just shoddy timekeepers. So just at WrestleMania in a couple of days' time, they'll just pop out during the main event. I wish, though. Like, I'd love to go into a restaurant where, as I'm led to my table, someone wraps me in. Mm. <laughs> that would be brilliant. <laughs> I, and I do wonder if they wouldn't realise they've delayed everyone's main course, like everyone's yeah. been waiting, because they've not even had their starter yet, you see. I think this is just miss out. Vince spots Doink the Clown. What's he doing there? And which Doink the Clown is it, or do we not know? It's probably Steve Lombardi. They, they won't have brought back any of the others just to come and do this, because he doesn't appear before, and as far as I know, he doesn't appear again. Mm, it's it's just very random. Be one hilarious joke on this show. One of many. Oh, yeah, sorry, one of many. Todd looks pissed off at the podium, you know, they're, they're pushing things along and these guys just turn up late, and Ahmed looks pissed off at his table. Todd welcomes George and Adam to the stage. This was awkward. Yeah, I hate these guys. I don't really know them, but they're terrible. Adam, the ginger one, is still eating, but George prompts him to get up on stage. Adam slides up onto the stage under the ropes, and Adam takes a picture of Sable before Todd directs them to what they're supposed to be doing, presenting the Tattoo You Award. What, why? Why are they presenting it and why is the award for a tattoo you? Because <laughs> one of the things I've noticed is the categories aren't particularly consistent with last year. No, not in the slightest, but they yeah. never are year to year in the slammies. They probably should have been. They should have thought things through better at the start. In the category of tattoo you, the nominees are actress Drew Barrymore. Cry. Jeez, only a madman would let somebody put a needle to his forehead for that. Sean Michael. The ladies love HBK's tattoo. The Undertaker. Looks like he fell asleep on the Sunday funnies. Rocker Tommy Lee. 
Adam's pick for this one? Tommy Lee. Paul's pick? Crush. Yes. You see, I... Because it's not I, a good tattoo, it's the most obvious one. So it's done with Byro. Have you, have you seen um, Tattoo Fixers? No. No, but I did read an article today about apparently how that whole programme is just a load of bollocks. Why? Well, they get people to have the tattoos and tell them what they're going to put over it when they do them. Oh. Has that demystified it for you? The kayfabe of tattoo fixes It's really because the, the, the story's always great, but the story's always the same because they've clearly got no imagination then. They all go to, <laughs> they all go to Magaluf get really drunk, their friends say you should get this tattoo of something that's really ridiculous in a really prominent place on your body. They'll pay somebody who can't do tattoos um, and who can't spell, more often than not, to, to do a big tattoo in a silly place that then ruins their life. Did you ever watch that Dave Gorman one where he, he got himself that, tattooed on his that, arm that's that on looked Google like him? Yeah, yeah, brilliant. I think you should do that when you go to America. Pro- probably not. Well, yeah, he didn't get in in the end, but like, best thing ever is Google Whack. Love Google Whack. George loses his shit announcing The Undertaker as the winner. Random fans in the crowd shout that it should be Crush. <laughs> that, that was me. He takes his time coming out as the house band plays his theme. George is so petrified by The Undertaker that he wets himself, something that causes Jerry Lawler to wet himself. Hilarious. Well, Vince in particular. Vince loves it as well. But I, I thought The Undertaker's line was genuinely funny. Patience is a virtue, my friend. I, th- I thought that was quite witty. As in he should have waited before he relieved himself. Um, <laughs> that way. But you know what's the thought actually during this? Is Undertaker probably saves his really, really big entrances for dominoes. What? Just imagine that though. I bet they do. I bet they do that. The Bone Street crew. Well, so he walks out with all these druids and smoke. I reckon, wouldn't it? If, if, to play if you, dominoes. If you're a wrestler having a laugh and you're really into dominoes, that's what you're doing, isn't it? Did you think oh my God. I wouldn't make it? Patience is a virtue. It's <laughs> <laughs> off control of all his bodily functions. The art that I wear on my flesh, <laughs> the clothes I wear on my back, and the death mask that I assume in public are things that I'm all very proud of because it's all an extension of my soul. And although persecuted for years, when it's all said and done, your picture on one thing I'll be able to say is I, I did it my way. Taker talks about his art being an extension of his soul before starting a rendition of Frank Sinatra's My Way. Yeah. Mm. I thought he did quite a good job here, to be fair. I thought it was quite peculiar that Drew Barrymore was included in this. Yeah, it, what, do, do we know why these... Celebrities were included in this. She had a very prominent tattoo done in 1997, which was it's a butterfly just above sort of like the the belt line, and that's like her most famous tattoo. So I'm guessing that's what it's in reference to. But as if she was going to show up to accept it, or oh, even yeah. film a video saying thank you very much for my slammy. More interestingly, Tommy Lee was in there, and I believe it's because he got married to Pamela Anderson in 1997. Who's Pamela Anderson? You know this. And, <laughs> But instead of like exchanging wedding rings, they exchanged tattoos. So she had Tommy tattooed around her ring finger, and he had Pamela tattooed across the length of his cock. <laughs> what? This explaining my feeling that he should have won best tattoo because that well, it takes balls. <laughs> That'd be a really interesting episode of Tattoo Fixes. That would. That <laughs> they do do some things like that. Really? Yeah. Just they shouldn't. I've changed it to Pamela. <laughs> <laughs> 
it, it actually says cook past Bambridge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just one of those things where the WWF like doing cultural references. I mean, these days they're generally about seven years out of date, but I suppose, you know, that, that was fairly it's topical. Topical yeah. at the time, yeah. Taker then has a seat next to Captain Lou Albano to have his dinner. <laughs> yeah, I, you see, because this is when Taker like, comes in. Yeah. And then I thought he was just going to leave because <laughs> otherwise it would be silly, it would demystify the character. But he just sits down to have but, a starter. But like, I like <laughs> that he pulls out his seat very slowly. <laughs> I wonder what The Undertaker ordered. Blood. I'll have a bowl of blood, please, because I'm an undertaker. Jerry Lawler claims that the undertaker has Helen Hart's face tattooed on his arm. <laughs> I wish that were true. I think he's got loads of skulls, hasn't he, or something like well, that. Well, you've had a skull tattooed on your arm. I fixed it into Helen Hart. <laughs> on the stage, Todd tells us that later we'll have the swimsuit contest as part of Miss Slammy, but first we need to get on to the talent portion. He welcomes Tracy and Nadine, the Funkettes, to the stage to perform a dance to the tune of Firestarter by The Prodigy and a couple of other songs I didn't recognise. This has been replaced on the VHS with generic techno music. Ah, I was going I didn't recognise The Prodigy on it. I, I didn't recognise it as synchronised dancing because <laughs> it wasn't synchronised. They weren't very synchronised. Like, like I thought for... Because they can clearly dance, they, they do a reasonable job on the way to the ring when they've come out with Flash Funk, I've thought in the past. Says you. Well, I was going to say, it's not as tight as when we do our dances. <laughs> <laughs> but it's pretty, But they were, like, so far out, it was a little bit yeah, weird. Yeah, I, I think that they're both doing the business. Good moves, but not really that in time with each yeah. other. Do you not also think it was a bit like watching a strip show while you have your dinner? Little bit, but with less stripping. Mm. WCW will really take this idea and run with it when they launch the Nitro Girls. Lawler tells Vince that he knows nothing about music. He thinks Sister Sledge is a nun. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Todd welcomes one of his colleagues, one of the classiest and most knowledgeable individuals, to the stage to present the match of the year, Slammy. Guarantee Vince didn't write that line. Mm. Surely this award should be somewhat prestigious, but given its placing on the show, it's positively mid-card. It is. This is absolutely buried. JR says that the WWF has athletes that don't go on TV and talk about what they used to do. They get in the ring and do it. Digs at WCW, three. (laughs) The match of the year, presented by Milton Bradley Karate Fighters. The nominees are Shawn Michaels and Mankind from In Your House. Stone Cold Steve Austin from the Survivor Series. Oh man, that takes a lot out. That takes a hell of a lot out of both men. Stay with him, Rip. Both men are fatigued. Both men are hurt. This is a war. The Undertaker and Mankind's Boiler Room Brawl from SummerSlam. The top left ladder. Oh. 
Flavio Vega and Steve Austin's Caribbean Strap Match, also from In Your House. Adam's pick for match of the year? The Iron Man match. And Paul's pick? I think I went for Mankind HBK. You did. Which means Adam is now 1-0 up as JR announces it an honour for him to announce the winner as Sean versus Brett at WrestleMania 12. It's clearly not a better match than Mankind versus HBK. It's not a better match than Brett versus Austin. Mm. I liked it. It's all right, don't get me wrong. It's not the match of the year. I I think I picked it from the point that I wasn't really sure that I was going to like it. I thought that I might be a bit disappointed, so my expectations were lower going Uh, into this match, and I actually really enjoyed it. What is for the other matches on it, I'd heard really good things about them, and I was was pretty confident I was going to like them. So maybe that's why. I've got to say, some of this was interesting, though, because when Sean comes out, he gets like a saxy version of his music. Saxy, sexy boy. Saxy, sexy boy. I quite liked He's an utter bellend in this, though, isn't he? Well, it's just odd. Because doesn't he talk about, you know, talented opponent and then talented ref? Yeah. Don't say that, Sean. <laughs> he does say you don't have a match of the year by yourself. And he's very proud and he hopes Brett is before reminding Brett that he won the match. Sean just has to be Sean, says Vince. Mm. I love Sean, says Vince. Brett thanks all the fans that still believe in him to a mixed reaction. He says if Sean is up to finding his smile, they'll see what happens next time. What what I really liked about this is, do you notice how he skips down the steps at the end? Sean literally, like, joyfully leaps down the steps, pretty much. <laughs> he's got that bad knee, though. But the, well, that's the interesting thing. I think he remembers that he's supposed to have a bad knee, because on the second time he comes up for awards, so spoilers for later, he does more gingerly go down the steps. Okay. Brett then addresses Austin, telling Stone Cold he needs to remember the words, I quit tomorrow. The live version sees Doc Hendricks shield the WrestleMania hockey jersey and denim jacket. <laughs> I, I hope they will be selling those at WrestleMania 32. A denim jacket still a sell- thing. If they're selling denim jackets for WrestleMania on it, you have to buy one. They do accept MasterCard and Visa, though, so... That's all right, then. Yeah. Todd welcomes the Legion of Doom to the stage to present the best hair day slammy as Jerry Lawler spots someone in the crowd. There's Helen Hart. Look at her. <laughs> <laughs> he just can't help himself. Animal says it's great to be a part of WrestleMania in their kayfabe hometown of Chicago. Hawk references George earlier saying that the Undertaker's fan urines for him. (laughs) That's quite funny. Animal claims that they are experts on nice hair before asking Hawk who does his hair. Hawk's response, hydrochloric acid, final trim, lawn boy. I know know hydrochloric acid well. A lawn boy, some sort of lawnmower? Presumably. What would happen if you put hydrochloric acid on your hair? It wouldn't be good for it to look... I did say... I'm sorry, I'm going to shoehorn this in. Just because it made me think of Adam the other day. There's a fantastic new show. I think it's on the BBC. I'm assuming BBC. That has Steph McGovern and Alex Jones on. Shop well for less. And it's Steph McGovern being frugal. It's Adam's dream show. It's his Adam's dream show. You know, mm. 
I've got to show him some of that and just see his reaction. Someone did tweet her the other day asking if she would appear on our show. Seriously? I don't think she responded. Uh-huh. Well, maybe, maybe if enough people get in touch with her. Bombard her with tweets. <laughs> don't ruin her life. <laughs> the Best Hair Day Award, presented by Coliseum Home Video. The nominees are the heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels. You know, Shawn's got really kind hair. It's the kind that grows on a donkey's rear. Hunter Hearst Helmsley. And of course, the big story is that Helmsley's last barber got fired for abusive hair drying. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Do you think he gets his head shaved or shined? Mankind. Look at this nut. He's pulling out his own hair. And Brett, the hitman heart. I think Brett's been screwed by his hairdresser, too. Adam's pick in the best hair day category. Didn't I sort of veto this one? Correct. Okay, we'll go with Paul's pick. Triple H. So, yes, Paul picked Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Adam's pick was not applicable. He instead listed his own five nominees. (laughs) The the nominees were Freddie Joe Floyd, Crush, Mark Marrow, Marlena, and the Ultimate Warrior, with the Ultimate Warrior winning the award. Okay. It's all a moot point, though, because Ricky Morton always wins Haircut of the Year. Okay. Even if he's not nominated. Exactly. Or had a haircut that year. (laughs) (laughs) That puts you one all. I'm back in the game, boys. In the nominees package, Jim Cornette claims that Shawn Michaels has kind hair. The kind that grows on a donkey's rear end. (laughs) (laughs) He also says that Bret Hart has been screwed by his hairdresser. Oh, no, sorry, this was one of the reasons, that, going back to that Shotwell Flesh Room, it did a, a little <laughs> section on shampoos, different prices, and the, there was one shampoo, a bottle cost about 54 quid, and it did come out best in their survey. But the kind of Aldi or Lidl one came out second, that cost about 30p or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so my recommendation is, is buy your shampoo from cheap supermarkets. Hawk announces the winner as Hunter Hearst Helmsley as the house band do their best rendition of Ode to Joy. I like this. Yeah. Apparently Doink has been spraying people with a water pistol, so Hunter takes time to tell Pat Patterson to sort him out. (laughs) (laughs) I'm surprised it wasn't a super soaker. Hunter claims that China will be having words with Todd after the show after his performance earlier. Hunter says that he thanked the people but doesn't because it's his hair and he sorted it out himself. Jerry Lawler says Bret Hart does his hair with a weed whacker. (laughs) Uh, I was going to ask, uh, you know, going back to the whole having different awards things, who do you think would have had the best slamming jamming entrance this year? (laughs) (laughs) Whose entrance has been the best? Uh, Flash Funk? Flash Funk, I was was, going to say, would be... Strong contender. Yeah. No, 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 actually, the winner would be Sean at WrestleMania 12 coming down on the big zip wire, wouldn't it? Yeah. Because it's as if Flash Funk's going to beat Shawn Michaels in an award. After a pretty good promo hyping WrestleMania, Todd is joined on stage by Sonny and Captain Lou Albano for the Loose Screw Award. Todd says he knows why Lou is there, as he has a couple of screws loose, but isn't sure why Sonny is... Oh, wait, never mind. Captain Lou rambles for a while, talking about Bret Hart, Sid Vicious, Shamrock, The Undertaker, and the Honky Tonky Man, before Sonny takes over. Honky Tonky is a better way of saying it. Rebrand himself as the Honky Tonky Man. Sonny says there will be a few people with a few loose parts once they get a load of her in the swimsuit competition. I don't really know what that means. People are going to pull their knobs off? That, that's not but the point of the exercise. So excited that it's ripped them off. That's not being excited, that's <laughs> being more than excited. Right before we go to the nominees package, someone from the crowd does shout at the stage while Sonny's at the microphone, take your top off. <laughs> Was that Vince? I presumed it was Adam. Oh, okay. Techno Team 2000. 
Sid, the nominees for Loose Screw, Psycho Sid. Everything after mankind. That was great, Jack. This is not right. They have it. There's a tyranny. Have to do something to subdue mankind. Kramer. Stone Cold Steve Austin. The team shot on Brian Pillman. Pillman is just getting assaulted here by Austin. And Bob Backlund. I want tattoos. I want tattoos. You got that? Don't give me Adam's pick in the Loose Screw Award. Sid? You went with Bob Backlund. Oh, yeah. He I think is, I went with Bob Backlund. He's pretty he? screwy. Paul's pick? Bob Backlund. Bob Backlund. Yeah. FYI, Cosmo Kramer is in there. Any idea who he is? I didn't really know who this was. It's the character played by actor Michael Richards on the American sitcom Seinfeld. Never Uh, watched it. I did wonder if it was a Seinfeld reference, but I I don't know much about it. I only know who he is because of that episode of South Park where Randy Marsh uses the N-word. The video package features Sid laughing and shouting, Mankind in a straitjacket, Austin battering Brian Pillman, and Bob Backlund yelling at a bartender that, when I ask for carrot juice, give me carrot juice. You got that? Don't give me soda. (laughs) Brilliant. Yeah. Sonny reveals the winner is Mankind. Mankind has a hug with the headbangers and Leaf Cassidy, and all four men fall on the floor before Mankind and Paul Bearer head to the stage. This isn't right! What? This isn't right at all! It is no secret who's the real loosest screw in the World Wrestling Federation, Miss Sonny. What does he mean by that? It's not right! I'd like to take this time honor somebody who's been my inspiration in wrestling someone who's been like a father to me mr aldo montoya what aldo montoya and i just like to say with the exception of my kid being born this is the greatest night in the history of my life and to my wife who's homesick yo adrian i did it have a nice day! <laughs> Paul Bearer is upset about Mankind winning, saying that it's no secret who is the loosest screw in the World Wrestling Federation, Miss Sonny. So, he sounded like he had legitimate beef with Sonny. Well, he doesn't want Mankind winning the award, does he? References to Sonny's promiscuity. Three. It was good, though. I mean, I like this because you get a reference to Aldon Montoya, who just looks weird without his mouth. Well, Mankind, however, is not upset about winning the award, saying he'd like to honour someone who has been an inspiration to him in wrestling and someone who has been like a father to him, Mr. Aldo Montoya. Which is brilliant. Now, this is the whole thing about people choosing to stay in kayfabe or not, because, you know, you've got Vader there with his mask on, you've got the Sultan, Sultan there with his mask on. Legion of Doom with a face paint. You've got Mankind with his mask. And Aldo Montoya... Can't be bothered <laughs> to wear his. Well, he's had to thing. wear that fucking mask for, for years. about four years. Yeah. Yeah. I think so... he has to take it off in between. But look, this is a <laughs> you know a televised event. Put it on, man. He probably didn't realise he was going to get on camera. He didn't realise Mick Foley was going to give him like a a credit. Yeah, well, presumably he could have just been there as an anonymous bystander. Yeah, had mankind not named him, it was just incredible that he didn't wear it. Really, <laughs> <laughs> that that was all you wanted to <laughs> yes, set that up. <laughs> He is wearing sunglasses in a darkened room, though, which makes him a twat. (laughs) Mankind says that with the exception of his child being born, this is the greatest moment of his life before referencing Rocky, shouting, Yo, Adrian, I did it. (laughs) Good good speech. Vader applauds heartily. Yeah, the Aldo Montoya line is genius. (laughs) Absolutely genius. 
Lawless says that the stork who delivers Mankind's kid was arrested for carrying dope. <laughs> and once again, Mankind celebrates with Leaf and the Headbangers. They seem to be having the best time out of anyone there. I think The Undertaker's secretly having a good time. He's <laughs> just, just not emoting very much. I think, I think Owen and Bulldog are having a good time. Yeah, they, they, they seem to be. Bradshaw was having fun. It's time for the next part of the talent portion of the Miss Slammy contest. It's Marlena. What's her talent? See when when it did this when we were actually watching us. What does she do? Smoke, and then it turns out actually that is what she does. I did. I did wonder what it was going to be. Yeah, she can identify cigars just by sucking on them blindfolded. Yeah, well, smoking them. She doesn't just suck on them. <laughs> Lawless says she doesn't leave teeth marks either. That that's presumably a dirty reference. Well, it all builds to the hilarious joke that she's going to suck gold dust off later. That that's basically it, isn't it? Yeah, I didn't like it. Vince says he doesn't know about that one. <laughs> Doink the Clown is pissing the Honky Tonk Man off. <laughs> Before Todd can introduce anyone else to do anything, Owen Hart walks up on the stage and celebrates. <laughs> Our next presenter is the self Wait a minute, what's this? Owen Hart, Slammy Award winner. Woo! I did it again! And you know what? No, no. You're presenting this. You gotta be thankful, my man. Owen spent a whole year of his life promoting this crummy show. <laughs> I did it again! Yes! And I have nobody to thank. Once again, I did it all by my sweet little self. Two-time Slammy Award winner. I knew it! I'm a winner! I did it! Woo! Hey, Bulldog! You may have two titles, but you don't have two Slammies. Yeah. And speaking of that, Vader and Mankind, this Sunday at WrestleMania, you're going to be in for the fight of your life because the Bulldog and myself, we haven't been better ever. And we're going to beat you and Mankind. And you know what, Vader? You don't have two Slammies like I do because you're losers and we're winners. Me and my Slammies. Todd says he is presenting an award, not receiving one. And this was supposed to be, seemingly, the award for best bow tie. Do you remember who you picked? I picked Bob Backland and Owen Hart. Clarence Mason. 
correct. So I've kind of given Paul half a point. Because I think I've heard of this before as where he gets one of his slammies. Okay. You can't just... You can't just pick two people and, and hope to well, get credit Well, I can. I, I had a it. serious guess who I thought did deserve to win the best bow tie, but I knew that Owen would. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a bit that wants me to play by the rules, and the bit there's a bit that doesn't care and wants me to win. Okay. That, that's the bit that if I played competitive sport would probably take performance-enhancing drugs. <laughs> Owen doesn't care about the award he's won it and Davy Boy Smith has a jolly good laugh as well Owen says that while Bulldog has two titles he doesn't have two slammies he calls Mankind and Vader losers because they don't have two slammies (laughs) like he does woo Vince tells us that Owen was supposed to be reading the nominees for best bow tie and Owen leaves the stage to have a go at Vader choosing to push an unfortunate waiter with a tray full of drinks into the Mastodon You can see Vader having a bloody good smile about it before (laughs) Owen legs it and Vader chases him across the room, falling over. Now, the the, the band really should have played Benny Hill music there. (laughs) It's made even better when you realise that was not a planned skit. No, no, I kind of got that that was a bit of... That was just Owen seizing the moment, shall we say. Good for him. The the visual of Vader sort of careering over those chairs (laughs) is absolutely brilliant, though. And yeah, I love the fact that he smiles as soon as it happens as well. It's like, you bastard. (laughs) You got me. But presumably that, that waiter must must have been nervous. Presumably. We would be delivering like mankind is dinner, wouldn't you? Yeah. Well, the undertaker. Or the sultan that can't eat it. Yeah. His suit. Just gets sent back. It's just got mask marks in it. <laughs> <laughs> it's time for Sable's entry in the talent portion of the Miss Slammy contest. This is the place that I come to unwind. This is the me that nobody knows. So sit back and take a walk with me on the wild side. And you thought I was just a pretty face. I've got one question for you. What do you think of me now? What does she do? Punches bits of wood. Yeah, she's chopping wood for the fire. Well, yes, she's going to kick and punch wooden blocks in half while making sex noises. Probably the best thing we've seen her do so far. Oh, yeah, she's an absolute fireball of charisma here. (laughs) (laughs) So, to be fair, you know, in terms of genuine talent, it's, it's the best of the ladies so far. It's not better than just identifying cigars. Yes, it is. All right. This is way more useful. <laughs> and you... how, how often are you in the pitch black requiring to, to <laughs> specifically identify a brand slash model of cigar? How often are you required to smash bits of wood with your bare hands? <laughs> well, sometimes... Like, you, never. Sometimes you're not required to smash bits of wood with your bare hands, but sometimes you've got a bit of wood which you'd like a bit smaller. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where it would come in handy, Adam. And you thought she was just a pretty face. What do you think of her now? I think she's moderately good at karate. She's toned. Todd wants to direct our attention to the stage. It's Double J, Jesse James, performing his new song for the first time, and it's called Something Gone Wrong. The, the, the pitching. <laughs> he references Sean in the lyrics, because contractually, Sean has to be mentioned every five minutes. It's a bit different to his other song. That it's was a, a bit country. This, this is a bit, bit rock and roll. This is a bit Bon Jovi. And it's and it's a bit like I thought when we heard the last song, he sang really quite well. I thought, oh, to be fair, he's got a good voice. 
And whether it's just on this song that it's a it's harder song to sing, or whatever, he doesn't sound good. I think his voice suits country music. It Possibly. probably doesn't suit rock and roll. Yeah, it's a bit different. Yeah, it's it, it's a bit like a crap alt rock song. But I'm sure, just like I'll be your hero, I'll probably be singing it for about three weeks now. <laughs> Did you say this it no, doesn't appear on anything else? Well, yeah, this must be the poor roadie's difficult second single, <laughs> <laughs> as I can find literally zero reference to this song's existence online. Wow. Bizarre. So, do a rundown of the lyrics, then. Uh, I didn't go as far as to uh, okay. work that one good, out. Good, because it's not good. It's not good. Todd welcomes jumping John McNally from some record company and Doc Hendricks to present the next award. Presumably his, his actual real name is just John McNally, but in order to make him sound much more interesting, they put jumping. Presumably. In front. And they also like make him a necklace out of a CD and some yes, string. Yes, he, he is wearing a CD. <laughs> it's like a hobo's necklace. It's to show what he does as a job. CDs. Doc Hendricks wants to know why he isn't on WWF Full Metal, the album, as a Kill the Clown chant breaks out. Mm. John says it's because they wanted to sell some copies. Oh, snap. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody reacts. They're here to present Number One with a Bullet, a.k.a. Best Music. And have we ever actually discussed the full track listing of this album? No. I don't think we have either. They've been shilling this for a very, very long time. It was released in 1995, so presumably... They've just got a shit ton of CDs left over. The content of the CD is as follows. Track one, we're all together now. Later used as the bumper music for Raw, you know, when they come in and out of commercials. Number two, Thorn in Your Eye, the Raw theme that we saw on Raw is War last Mm, week. But again, appearing sort of like 15 months almost before it becomes Raw's theme, which is Mm. a bit odd. Number three, Diesel's theme. Well, that's a bit inappropriate now. Track four, Mabel's theme. Okay. A bit inappropriate now. Track five, the one, two, three kids theme. A bit inappropriate now. Six, Goldust's theme. That's appropriate. Ah, somebody who still works here. Number seven, the Smoking Guns theme. Hmm. They're broken up, but they're still here. Yeah. Mm. Who's still got that theme? Has Bart still got it? They've both got it. Oh, yeah. all right. <laughs> Eight, Sid's theme. Yeah, fair enough. Nine, Razor Ramon's theme. Mm. Mm. Ten, Bret Hart's theme. Yeah. Eleven, Hakushi's theme. <laughs> He was only there for about three months, wasn't he? He was there about 18 months, I think. 15, maybe. 12, The Undertaker's theme. 13, Shawn Michaels' theme. And 14, With My Baby Tonight, credited to Jeff Jarrett. (laughs) If you bought this in 1997, you'd be a bit pissed off. Like, I don't hear any of these songs on the TV anymore. Yeah. So out of 12 themes total on the CD, there was only six still in use. I guess seven, if you count that Billy and Bart are both using the same entrance music separately. 50%. Six and a half. Well, if you just say, I'm going to go for six, makes it the calculation easy. Number one with a bullet, the best entrance music award, presented by Full Metal, the album. The nominees, Double J with My Baby Tonight. The Undertaker's entrance theme. The Nation of Domination's entrance music. The entrance music of Flash Funk. And Sonny's I Know You Want Me. Adam's pick for best entrance music. You went with Farouk. Paul's mm. pick. Oh, 
Oh, I can't remember who I went for for this one. Flash Funk. Yeah, of course I did. I love Flash Funk's music. I love the bass line. I love that the nominees are Jesse James's song, Sonny's I Know You Want Me, and just three people whose nomination is entrance music. Well, well, yes, I've noticed that for, for one in particular. And shouldn't Jim Johnston just be presenting and collecting this <laughs> yes. award? The winner is... Undertaker. The Undertaker. They turn the lights off so Taker can make a spooky entrance after eating his jelly and ice cream. <laughs> is that oh, what shit. Just let me finish my dinner. I've just got to go get this award. Lawler says it's good that Taker is getting all these slammies as he won't be the WWF champion tomorrow night. Sid tries to sell that he is upset about Taker winning the award, even though he himself wasn't nominated, but it just looks like he's got a headache. After maybe, maybe he has. Maybe, maybe I ate something that was a bit off. He'd eaten too much ice cream and he had brain freeze. Ice cream headache! Yeah. Oh no, that's the worst. <laughs> something you're very familiar with. Well yeah, like it's particularly bad when you've eaten a load of ice cream and you go, oh I've got an ice cream headache but I really want some more. <laughs> After another kill the clown shout out, Taker says the clown will need an Undertaker soon. Good job there's one there. Mm. Taker says that he chose that particular entrance theme because he wanted his opponents to know that it was the beginning of the end. I suppose they wouldn't have really known that if he'd have chosen like Sonny's theme or Bewitched or something like that. They should totally have for WrestleMania like some really inappropriate music for The Undertaker. Something. Katrina and the Waves. 99 red balloons. Yeah, that'd be good. Taker fluffs on his fan base, calling them people before going, I mean, creatures of the night, and finishes by saying, rock in peace. Yeah, I like that, actually. He's up there with nice ass, as far as weird Undertaker quotes. It's nowhere near as good as nice ass. Nice ass. Uh. (laughs) It's that noise at the end that really makes it for me. It's finally time for the swimsuit contest. Lawler is elated. Oh, is that the word? Mm. Adam was... Elated, yeah. This was this was good. Do you, do you want that box back on your lap? Well, the swimsuit isn't happening now. I'm sat in a room with you two. But I wondered if your memories might take you into a different place. Sunny <laughs> is out first with Lawler saying that she has the end to end all ends. Yeah, that didn't make sense. Vince says Sunny is the queen of cyberspace as Sunny wanders out in bra and pants while Ken Shamrock looks on unimpressed. <laughs> <laughs> Thoughts on Sunny's outfit? I think it's nice. She's wearing like a sort of see through dress thing it's like a sarong yeah with like job. her mm. pants underneath and i didn't know if that was supposed to reveal her pants that you could already see because it was see-through yeah it's one of those things that i guess was meant to make it more titillating but as you say when something's already see-through and you're taking it off it really has very marginal effects how titillated were you not very how titillated were you quite china <laughs> is scheduled next but we get hunter hurst helmsley i was disappointed coming out here because I've withdrawn her from the competition because she doesn't belong on stage in the valley of the silicone queens what she is is a rock hard killer she's not here to entertain you she's here to take care of business and as far as talent goes people like Sonny we know what her only talent is and they can't show it on national TV and I got a best friend that says she's not very good at that either so China is withdrawn as of now. Lawler says he heard some guys discussing how many beers it would take before you made a pass at China. (laughs) Hunter says that China isn't coming out as he's withdrawn her from the contest because she doesn't belong in the Valley of the Silicon Queens. She will do soon. Yeah, she'll be queen of the Silicon Queens. Mm. Hunter says that as far as talent goes, people like Sonny, we know what her only talent is and they can't show it on national television and he's got a best friend that says she's not very good at it anyway. 
really harsh. It's a bit cunty. That, yeah. that, that's that's not very nice. Really not very nice. Especially on a show that's, you know, got sponsorships from like Milton Bradley Karate Fighters <laughs> and Super Soaker. Dimension films. Mummy, what's Sonny good at? Yeah, what would you say? I mean, uh, maybe I need to think of stuff like this in case this crops up in my life. Fucking. I probably won't say that. Mm, all right. Maybe just something tedious, so it's too boring to show. Also, killing kayfabe yet again. Wait, who, who's his best friend? Mega babyface Shawn Michaels. Mm. Supposedly Helmsley did get heat for his comments here, so that's something. Yeah. Lawler tells Vince he knows what China's issue is and asks Vince if he's ever seen The Crying Game. Ouch. This contest isn't very nice to these women, is it? No, it's horrible. I would say it's relatively derogatory. Not not to be one of those sort of holier-than-thou people, but in, in about 30 seconds, we've basically had someone called a whore and someone called a transsexual. I think maybe Vince has moved away from his previous comments that we heard where it's not about looks, it's about talent, and now it's about looks and insulting women. Well, well that's brilliant because we've got a little bit of casual racism next. Next out are the Funkadactyls. And they get on stage and stand either side of Todd. He says he feels like an Oreo cookie. Yeah, I don't like that. Bit bit racist. George the Animal Steel is impressed. Up next is Marlena, who is of course dressed in gold and smoking a cigar. Lawler says it's the bust, I mean, the best that money can buy. He's already made that joke on Shotgun Saturday night, didn't he? She basically shows us her anus as Lawler goes into a fit and Shaw Michaels claps on sarcastically. Your thoughts on her outfit? Yeah, I quite liked it. Underpant floss. I thought that HBK was very appreciative. We, can't, we, we read Sean in very different ways, I think, Stuart. Uh, we, we potentially do. Uh, I think, d- d- am I just a mug? Yes. Could be true. The final entrant is Sable, who is wearing the least of anyone. Sunglasses indoors again, though. Mark Merrick doesn't look impressed, but Ken Shamrock does. You can basically see her whole bottom. She's pretty much wearing a, a belt that goes around belt. certain areas. It's a wee bit like that one of Eva Marie's that you quite like, isn't it? It's not like the double underpant top. It's a bit like Jodie Marsh's cross belt thing. Yeah, I, I thought Mark Miro kind of reacted like this is a completely different woman that he's never seen before. <laughs> well, we know what? he doesn't look at her when she's naked, except every now and again yeah. when she isn't looking. I'd like to think his reaction was a bit more, oh my God, that's my wife. Well, you kind of think, you know, he'd wanted to show a bit more discretion. Yeah. How do you feel about he's, he's, Mrs. Scrivens entering a competition like this? I would disapprove. Yeah, and I think Mero looks like he's kind of disapproving here, that this is quite upsetting. The live version lets us know there's still time to vote. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best thing that we've seen Sable do so far, though. Better, worse than Miss NWO? Well, this, is a, this is a thing. It's shorter. <laughs> it's way better. Like, it's, it's, it's really, like, I, I honestly think it's really bad. I do think it's really bad, but it's just not as long. There's no grain inspectors. In that's, that was the major, major thing, yeah. Todd introduces the presenter of the next award. It's the ticking time bomb, Brian Pillman. That's a great nickname. Mm. Steve Austin isn't impressed. It's always tough following the uplifting experience of a glorified TNA exhibition. <laughs> but, uh, girls, while you're back there... Peeling out the crumpled dollar bills out of your G-string. Oh, that's See your Markham for me instead of the plastic surgeons, and you'll be fine with me. So far, that beats what up until now has been a long succession of shameless, suck-ass acceptance speeches. From Uncle Tom Ahmed, I'd like to thank the fans. <laughs> 
So Rocky Maivia, I'd like to thank Daddy and the church choir. Yeah. But Rocky, you forgot to thank the escort service for your date tonight as well. Oh my goodness, the beautiful Cindy Margolis. <laughs> Run right on down to Stone Cold. The sacrilegious prostitution of John 316 may get him a date with the Undertaker. Anyway, to get on with things, I'd like to present the best one, two, three finisher of the night. Can I get the envelope, please? Pillman says it's always tough following the uplifting nature of a glorified TNA competition and urges the women to pull the dollar bills out of their G-strings and give them to him, not a plastic surgeon. Fair enough. He rips on Ahmed, calling him Uncle Tom, and Rocky Marvia's crap speech telling Rocky that after he thanked Daddy and the church choir, he forgot to thank the escort service for his cheap date, i.e. Cindy Margolis. Mm. Lawler is amused. And I'm not usually one, again, to be all oh, that's offensive, but they seem to be quite liberal in throwing around the term Uncle Tom lately on WWF television. Usually it's between Farouk and Ahmed, but now mm. Pillman's used it as well. Mm. Yeah. Pillman then rips on Austin's blasphemy before introducing the nominees for best finisher. They throw straight to the video because apparently nobody has the envelope. Yeah, I felt a bit sorry for him, but he dealt with it quite well, I thought. One, two, he's got him award presented by PlayStation for the best finishing maneuver. The nominees are Shawn Michaels Sweet Chin Music. And there we go, for his stone-cold stutter. And Bret Hart sharpshooter. Adam's pick for best finisher. In fact, you both picked the same one for this. Uh, the wild thing. It is indeed the wild yeah. thing. Um, I, th- I thought that the name for the award was great. It was called the... One, two, is got him or something like that? Yeah, it, it's called the one, two, he got him best finishing manoeuvre. It's basically the Vince Award. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so the wild thing. So again, no, no points there, boys. Adam won, Paul 1.5. Mm. We're nine awards in. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard. Pillman announces the winner is Shawn Michaels. Shawn dances up on the stage, sons jacket, as Steve Austin glares a hole through him. Shawn tells Vin Man... He's too hot. He had to disrobe. No offence, Hart family. Does ecstasy make you hot? Sean says he doesn't want to keep making Brett mad, but he beat Brett with that move and Vince has a guffaw. Well, I thought it was good that he got this award because, you know, it sets up his mania match nicely and, <laughs> you know, he gets a chance to make a you know, good promo just to set up that kind of really big pay-per-view they've got coming up. Yeah, if, if you were going again to doing Sean versus Brett at WrestleMania, this could have potentially been quite a useful show, especially mm. giving the Mania 12 match the match of the year yeah. award. Yeah. yeah, that'd be good if that was happening, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would. Yeah. Doc Hendricks dances with Sonny as we return to Todd Pettingill doing an offensive oppression of Stevie Wonder. Yes, I noticed that. That was another odd thing. You know, Todd, stop it. The next presenter issuing the Best Couple Award. Oh, it's two people. It's Vince and the King. Before Lawler can go off on a rant, Vince butts in and we go to the video. Wasn't that the exact same joke they did with him last year? Yeah. The Best Couple, presented by Double Mint Gum. The nominees are Goldust and Marlena. 
The first couple, Bill and Hillary Clinton. Mark Miro and Sable. Siegfried and Roy. Hunter Hearst Helmsley and China. Paul's pick for best couple. Did I go for Goldust and Marlena? You did go for Goldust and Marlena. Adam, what did you go for? Sable and Marlena. You did pick Sable there and Marlena. What, why? They're not a couple. <laughs> They're both on the list. Well, I, I gave Adam half a point for that, so that makes it 2.5, Paul, 1.5, Adam. Okay. <laughs> Vince lets the king announce the winners. They are Goldust and Marlena. Lawley gets a quip in, saying that Goldust has been shopping at Elton John's Funware for fellas. <laughs> Goldust thanks his director, the little people, and the academy. Marlena thanks Goldust for giving her the big one. She means his cock. Yeah, that, that, okay. No need for this. No need for this. Hunter and China are not impressed. It's time to see China's talent, despite the fact she'd been previously withdrawn from the contest. Yes, I, I put this. Why bother? <laughs> What's her talent? Weights. Mm. Yeah, unsurprisingly, her talent is working out at the gym, surprisingly followed by cooking bratwurst and french fries, <laughs> followed by a healthy bout of grain inspecting. <laughs> no, I don't think I'll ever get tired of grain inspecting. <laughs> <laughs> I'd quite like to meet one. Todd tells us it's time to see Sonny's talent. What's her talent? Her single. Her talent is being in her music video, prancing around in very little clothing. She's good at it. We get about 30 seconds of it. She roller skates or rollerblades a bit, doesn't she? Todd says he now knows why they make these jackets with so much room. Yeah, that's a horrible reference, Todd. That's right. This man is presenting this award ceremony with an erection. (laughs) Todd is joined on stage by the presenters of the next award, Mr. Bob Backland and radio DJ Matthew Muller, a.k.a. Man Cow. Sadly not Man Tar. Yeah, I didn't like that guy. Uh, it's time to move on, ladies and gentlemen. Our next presenters are uh, Mr. Bob. Stand up straight when you're going to introduce me, young man. You got that? Mr. Bob Backlund, ladies and gentlemen, and one of the hottest radio personalities in the country today from right here in Chicago. He's on in nine states. Give it up for man Kyle Muller. And the king has left the podium. I think he thinks he is. Nice tie, dork. Going to a... Very nice. to win this thing. He is one of the nominees, and look at this. Bob Backlund just put out Mancow's cigar. In my world, young man, we don't smoke cigarettes and smoke cigars. You got that? When you're around me, you do something honorable or get the heck out of here. You're in our world right now. You got that? Bob tells Todd to stand up straight while he's talking to him, and Bob is unhappy with Mr. Mancow smoking a cigar, so he steals it and puts it out on his hand. (laughs) Extra crazy. Mancow's bodyguard asks if he should bust a cap in Backland as we go to the nominees for the Freedom of Speech Award. Yeah. Now, I thought this award was really weird. Really weird. Basically, this man-cow tool is some shit American radio DJ. Believe it or not, he would actually wrestle on pay-per-view for WCW. What? At Mayhem on November the 26th, 2000, where he pinned Jimmy Hart in 1 minute and 38 seconds and was accompanied by his radio sidekicks, Turd the Bartender, Freak, Al Roker Jr. and Jim Jesus. Turd the Bartender? Turd the Bartender. So, So really kind of highbrow comedy. Larry Flint Freedom of Speech Award. The nominees, Jerry the King Lawler. You're a... Oh, aren't you? 
Stone Cold Steve Austin. You treat me like a dog and you expect me to smile. You remind me of a ECW's Paul E. Man, has this show without ECW or what, huh? Farouk, see, under the nation of domination, that I and what I have always stood for, you get it by force. By any means necessary, you take it. And Howard Stern. Adam's pick for this award? Steve Austin. Paul Heyman. Was Paul's pick. It's brilliant as well that there's tons of bleeps in the Freedom of Speech yes, video I, package. Yes, there's three bleeps in it. Is that supposed to be the joke? I, I, I didn't know, or if, if they just didn't get that it was ironic. Mm. I, I do wonder if it's the latter. Man Cow is very unhappy with Howard Stern being nominated, as is one of his heavies. Bob Backlund gets into a fight with the bodyguard, saying that he's not going to be pushed around. Bob says that there shouldn't be any freedom of speech because of guys like Mancow ranting before Todd announces Stone Cold is the winner. Yeah. That puts you on 2.5 each. Also, Jerry Lawler has apparently just wandered up on stage because he thinks he's going to win this. That's fair play. As Austin heads to the stage, he gets sprayed by Doink the Clown. Austin gets straight to the point as apparently we're running short on time. He says to Brett that at WrestleMania 13 it will be a hell of a fight, but it won't ever be over between them until Brett goes back to Calgary. Austin leaves the stage to kick the shit out of Doink the Clown, joined by the new Blackjacks. Yeah, bad day for that clown. That was the one thing he didn't want to happen. I, it, I thought that was a pretty good promo, actually. I thought it was good. Yeah, very good. In a segment entirely cut from the VHS, Todd introduces NFL superstar Walter Payton to the stage. He gets a standing ovation. Walter references whooping Shawn Michaels' butt at SummerSlam 1994, although like no one else involved in that match is still in the company, so mm. there you go. Mm. Walter is here to present the Star of the Highest Magnitude Award, sponsored by Stridex, as the Headbangers and Leaf Casty have a good laugh in the crowd. Adam's pick for Star of the Highest Magnitude? Sid. Sid. Paul's pick? Sean. Walter announces the winner is The Undertaker. He was having coffee, cheese and crackers, but he needs to collect his third slamming. <laughs> Taker says being considered with the other four gentlemen nominated is an honour, but hopefully he hasn't hit his highest magnitude yet. He says he'd need to beat all four to really deserve the award, starting with Sid. Sid's a nut, you know, chimes in Lawler. Though he didn't win the loose screw award. Mm. Taker once again thanks the creatures of the night and his crew before leaving the stage Vince doesn't know the name of the award as Taker sits down either he's just forgotten it Doc Hendricks is stood by with George and Adam once again shilling hockey jackets and jerseys presumably smelling of urine has he not changed his trousers? that's the joke Todd would like to present a very special award a lifetime achievement award he welcomes WWF President Gorilla Monsoon and Psycho Sid to the stage as the Bandu Sid's theme I thought that last year it didn't feel so strange when you had the Lifetime Achievement Award. This edition of the Slammy has felt a lot sillier and it feels really tonally out of place to have a Lifetime Achievement Award, which is supposedly going to be quite a genuine, heartfelt thing. Yeah, it's been much more lowbrow this year. Yeah, I mean, not not say that last year was kind of wall-to-wall, class-respectful nominations. <laughs> um, nice ass. But... I, I kind of felt last year's was used in a much more sensible way to promote WrestleMania. Yeah. And co- more cleverly structured, whereas I think this has been played nearly entirely for cheap gags. And, and I think on this occasion it's been more able superstars that have been able to use their talent to try and advance their storylines through their awareness rather than good pre-planning from the company. That's what yeah, it feels yeah, like. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that, yeah. Again, we're sort of in these these very early stages of of the Attitude Era, and 
probably a phrase I've used multiple times now is 1997, you kind of can think of it as almost the Old Testament of the Attitude Era. And we're just in the very early stages of that. So yeah, a lot of the jokes are sort of now more adult oriented than they were before. And yeah, tonally, it's a lot darker, I guess, in in a way, in the sense that how many cocksucking jokes have we got on this show? Five, six, you know, you wouldn't have seen that a year ago in 1996, I don't think, even though they were starting to move towards a slightly more serious product. Your guesses for Lifetime Achievement Award, do you remember what they were? I went for Sergeant Slaughter. That's a pretty sensible pick, he worked for the company at the time. I couldn't think of anybody who I knew had worked for WWE slash F that wasn't now with WCW. That was honestly my brain at the time. I, I racked my brain for, for several seconds and um, <laughs> couldn't think of anybody sensible, so I think I abstained. Well, no, you put Jimmy Del Rey. Oh, Jimmy Del Rey. That, that was more of, like, more of like a protest award because I think he'd left WCW by this point. Yeah, he'd probably be gone. So I think he deserves it. <laughs> Lifetime achievement for his 18 months in the company. <laughs> to be fair, he had some kick-ass matches and was awesome. Sid uses the time to cut a... Th- promo against the undertaker saying he's never been scared of the dark and sunday will be no exception gorilla takes over to present the award to a man who for 35 years has been his friend and teacher mr arnold scoland from valhalla new york his wrestling career began in the 1930s and spanned for six decades he also managed two former World Wrestling Federation champions. He is the golden boy, Arnold Scola. If the true measure of a man's wealth is how he's perceived by his friends and peers, then Arnold Scola is rich beyond imagination. This is a man who has served both his sport and his country proud. A decorated Marine, Arnie stormed the beaches at Normandy as part of the D-Day invasion. The Golden Boy's journey in wrestling began over a half century ago. Thus far, four generations of McMahons have had the privilege of his loyalty and friendship. For over 30 years, the Golden Boy had a tough-as-nails reputation inside the squared circle. Then, he embarked on one of the most prolific managerial careers of all time. Arnie guided Bruno Sammartino to the title and was the first to manage the late great Andre the Giant. He was also the brains behind Bob Backlund's unprecedented and uninterrupted six-year reign as WWF champion. Now, in his seventh decade in the industry, Arnold works in the front office of the World Wrestling Federation and boasts the most profitable runs of gin rummy victories in locker room history. And who would have thunk after all these years that his trademark cigar would actually become trendy? To paraphrase Will Rogers, I never met a man who didn't like Arnold Scola. Hey, Gabe, congratulations, and thank you for a lifetime of dedication and achievement. Yeah, now, I didn't mind this, other than there's one little bit where he appears to go into, like, a portaloo with a picture of Sonny. Well, no, it's from 1987, so it's not Sonny, because she'd have been about 14. It's that music video. It's from the Piledriver music video, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Want a bit of background on him? Go on, then. Arnold Scoland, born in 1925, debuted as a wrestler in 1946 after serving in the US Marines in World War II and a short career as a boxer. Nicknamed the Golden Boy, Scoland made his first appearance in Madison Square Garden in January 1952 as part of a card headlined by Antonino Rocca. 
A regular fixture for the Capital Wrestling Corporation and later the Worldwide Wrestling Federation, Skolan's only title run would come as one half of the WWWF United States Tag Team Champions in June 1967 when Spiros Arian picked Scarland to replace his partner Tony Parisi. Their reign would only last a month before the duo were defeated by the Sicilians, Lou Albano and Tony Altamore, with the titles themselves only lasting another month or so before being retired. Winding down his career in the late 1960s, Skoland, who was also a shareholder in the Capital Wrestling Corporation, would become an advisor to Vincent J. McMahon, gaining part ownership of the company, as well as serving as an agent for Andre the Giant. In addition to this, Skoland would become a manager, first of Bruno Sammartino, and then Bob Backlund, meaning that with the exception of superstar Billy Graham's 10-month world title reign in 1977-78, Skoland served as the manager of the WWF World Champion for over 10 years before he wow. threw in the towel for Bob Backlund against the Iron Sheik on Boxing Day 1983. Following that, he continued to work for the WWF as a road agent until the mid-1990s. He was inducted into the WWF Hall of Fame on June 9th, 1994 by Shane McMahon. Mm. He briefly appeared in our timeline on the 15th of October 1994 episode of Superstars when confronted by his former charge Bob Backlund, with Backlund applying the chicken wing to Skoland as part of the build to the match between Backlund and Bret Hart at Survivor Series 1994. Skoland would die aged 82 on March the 13th, 2007, with Vince, Linda, Shane and Stephanie McMahon all attending. Vince would also give a eulogy alongside Skoland's son, George. Triple H, Bob Backlund, Tim White and the widow of Freddie Blassie would also attend. If it's any indication the status with which Skoland is still regarded, his widow Betty, shown on camera here, can often be spotted sitting front row with the McMahon family at each year's Hall of Fame event. Okay, mm. so real. Yeah, so he's kind of player. a big deal to them as a family, mm. I think. Mm. That's, that's nice, actually. It's genuinely a nice thing. Mm. Yeah. Gorilla welcomes Arnold to the stage after a kiss from his wife, Betty. He gets a standing ovation from the superstars and the fans in attendance. Arnold says it's been a pleasure to receive this award and thanks Betty, wanting to present her with the trophy before leaving the stage. That was nice. Yeah, a, a sobering section of the show. It was nice. Nice, nice way to end it. Mm. Obviously, though, the big finale of the evening is the presentation <laughs> for the Miss Slammy Award. Do you remember who you picked as the winner of this? I picked Sonny, I think. Marlena. Meaning? Really, above thinking about it in hindsight, I should have known that Vince is actually picking all the winners of this, so I should know who's going to win it. Meaning? That it's a draw. It's a draw. 2.5 each. Shake on it. Good game. Good game. I didn't lose. Lawler <laughs> says he's still dialing in with his votes. <laughs> Todd thanks the USA Network for allowing them to overrun before asking for a drum roll. Lawler chants for Sonny, but the winner is... Sable. Marlena claps, but Sonny looks unhappy, and Lawler wants to see a cat fight. Sable says she can't believe it, and says that this year has been the greatest year of her life, working for the WWF, and leaves. China isn't impressed, and Lawler shrieks when the camera shows her. <laughs> Lawler bemoans not winning anything as we see various shots of the wrestlers in attendance, and the king gets in one more dig at Helen Hart before the show ends. Oh, and he wants to console Sonny for losing. A video package recapping the evening ends the show. Yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a shame. Uh, did you notice the the, the kind of Sonny Mark Miro two 0 little contest that went on? No, did you not notice this. So it, she's sable gesturing that she's won two awards and he acknowledges that he's received zero awards <laughs> and i kind of thought that's the future of this relationship isn't it <laughs> yeah pretty pretty much she will just steamroller all over him i mean he did actually look genuinely disappointed that he was clearly 
the other person in that relationship now in the company because yes. that that's really where it is she, now. she's viewed as the bigger commodity yeah. yeah it's kind of weird isn't it that like he walked in for his interview having been sort of highly recommended as mm-hmm. johnny b bad in wcw and vince quite liking the character and he said oh rena why don't you come with me to this interview and she's like oh no i don't, I don't know maybe she's, no no come along and they get to the office and then vince just becomes obsessed with your wife yeah and there goes your career and your marriage. Yeah, shit. Now she's Mrs. Lesnar. Looking a bit like Stifler's mom. Yes. Disturbingly so. What did you make to this show? It wasn't as good as last year, but I kind of enjoyed it. I think it's it's kind of it is a bit cheap laughs and but it is something a bit different and there was enough in there that was fun and there was enough kind of good performance. I thought Stone Cold was very good in it. There was quite a few like funny little moments there. Owen nicking the award, that was pretty funny. Lawless stuff on commentary I found generally quite amusing throughout. So I I didn't find it too bad. I'd I'd say similar. I'm probably slightly less upon it than Adam is. There were certainly moments in it that were quite entertaining. There was some of it which very much falls into my what was wrestling thinking category. (laughs) I'm surprised you've not said that at all. You know, sometimes it goes without saying. (laughs) With you, no. You always say it. I really don't want to overuse some of my catchphrases. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, there were so many things that were in such poor taste slipping into this show. And I get it's difficult to get yourself into the mind of what things were like, you know, about 20 years ago and how much we've changed. But, you know, don't think any, you know, none of those things would have got through now. Yeah. And, and I think, I can't remember which of you said it earlier, but the, the parts that were funny were the superstars that are capable of being funny, being funny. Yeah. So Mankind was funny, Owen yeah. was funny. It more than likely wasn't anything that was written for them or scripted. And mm. th- those two funny moments were funny, genuinely funny, rather than mean-spirited funny. Yeah. You know, I'm sure we, um, certainly you and I, laughed Adam at Paul Bearer's dig at Sonny and Hunter's dig at Sonny. But yeah. they're definitely in, in poor spirits and poor taste yeah but bizarrely enough after kind of watching the 96 and 97 editions of the show i kind of wish they still held the slammies in this format rather than just being a special episode of raw as as a unique event i think it's quite nice Mm. and it does surprise me so i'm assuming this one was released on vhs was was the 96 one yeah it was yeah it it kind of upsets me a little bit that there was never a tag classic of the 96 and 97 slammy awards i just don't think they got the time there was tons yeah. of stuff planned and then obviously silver really? Vision lost the license and tag classics haven't been picked that, up that would have been a dead good one to have mm. yeah they definitely fall into the category of so bad some bits are very good yes mm. yeah. which is a unique category and i would gladly watch something similar nowadays rather than yeah it just being a, an episode of raw that they think will bump the ratings a little bit at least you're guaranteed of something that is a bit different mm. to watch, which is always a bit more interesting. If only rolls around once a year, it's a bit more of an event. Match of the night in MVP, then. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Can we have an award of the night instead? Go on, then. Best couple. I don't know why. I'll go for Owen versus Vader. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's that's fucking good, hilarious. Yeah. Uh, and I'll go for... I keep switching these around. I'll go for Bob Backlund as my MVP for... Looking like he was going to kill that bodyguard, yeah, actually. absolutely. Looking like that bodyguard was going to get his head kicked in. Yeah, I, I've got a few matches written down. One of them was Owen versus Vader. I've also got Steve Austin versus Doink the Clown. Mm. Yeah. China versus Todd Pettingill, presumably after the show. 
Bob Backlund versus Mankow's entourage <laughs> and the entire WWF roster versus Sonny's privacy. Mm. Mm. I thought that was the most hotly contested bout of the night. Well, it was the most one-sided, I think. <laughs> yeah, <it> was, <laughs> she, was, she was third down on most revealing outfits, though. She was relatively modest when you yeah. look at it in context of the rest of the entrants. And MVP, I've got a few names mentioned as deserving a mention. Owen Hart, Brian Pillman, Steve Austin... I'm going to go with Mankind for claiming that Aldo Montoya is his dad. Mm. That makes Sable and Aldo Montoya his parents? Or was Goldust his mummy? I can't Gold, remember. Gold, okay. Goldust is mummy, isn't it? I, I do think Undertaker's worthy of a mention. I thought Undertaker was pretty good. Because he. I think he has a hard job at something like this. Because he's one of those characters that really has to maintain kayfabe. Mm. Because if he drops that for one minute, in, in any kind of real sense, that's his character done for. It's a real good job, then, that he didn't drop his dinner down him and then have to come up on stage and accept an award with, like... If we've got, like, loads of brandy snaps in yeah, his or beard like or something. cheese sauce down his top or tomato <laughs> maybe, soup. Maybe he had a bib. <laughs> Chocolate. Chocolate smeared all down the front. The Undertaker in a bib would be killing kayfabe. <laughs> well, if it, if it was kind of black and matched his outfit, you could do it discreetly. <laughs> Mullet of the night. Quick release Velcro at the back. <laughs> it goes to the lead guitarist with the band. <laughs> Who had an absolute cracker on display? I thought Mark Merrows was looking pretty good this evening as well. Mark Merrows was. It always looks very good. And I suppose, as you mentioned earlier, the guitarist may have won, but Ricky Morton always wins. Ricky Morton is a lifetime winner of hairstyles. And on that bombshell, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash new generation project podcast. We are also on Twitter at the award winning new gen podcast. You can, as ever, rate, review and subscribe for all of our episodes as soon as they are available on iTunes. If iTunes isn't your thing, you can check out new episodes on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash newgenpodcast, on Stitcher Radio or on piledriverwrestling.net. If you've just found us and want to catch up, our back catalogue is going up one by one by one on botchamania.com. Calling Spots issue 20 is available now over at callingspots.com. The issue features a cover article on Lucha Underground that I've written, and as ever, the front Artwork is bloody awesome. Also inside are articles on Adam's favourite, Eva Marie, El Santo and Will Ospreay. That's all available for just one ninety nine plus postage. Subscriptions are also available. Episode 59 will be WrestleMania 13. 59? 13. <laughs> <laughs> looking forward to it? I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. This has been one of those shows that I've been really actually genuinely looking forward to see. I was kind of looking forward to seeing King of the Ring, 95, in, in a weird way. But I think before we kind of started the show and before I knew as much about it, and I was thinking about what shows might come up that I might like, this was obviously one that I was thinking of that I would genuinely enjoy watching Survivor Series this year, obviously. I know it's going to be a big one that I haven't seen. So, yeah, this is a, WrestleMania 13. It's a new thing for me, and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, apart from the one match that I do know quite a bit of, about i don't know very much about this show i don't think but we have seen unusually for perhaps for me and paul lots more of the build to this yeah so i kind of feel like i know really what's going on and there's some big stuff happening and the quality has been on a general upward swing so hopefully for their biggest show they'll pull out something good mm. be interesting to take a look my name is stuart brooks i should say good night i'm adam Wikes. goodbye i'm at yes paul scrivens good evening Ladies and gentlemen, here we go. The 1997 Slammys roll on. Give it up. I want to direct your attention over to the stage to do his song for the first time ever. Brand new recording, ladies and gentlemen. Give it up for Double J. Jesse James with Something Gone Wrong. 
Welcome to the Flammies. Something gone wrong. Make reference to the Flammies. I think let him sing something gone wrong. Been longing, I've seen your eyes. A distant longing caught me by surprise. You're laying next to me, but I can see that you're not really there. And I wonder now just where you go. Why'd you leave? Don't 